0: Okay, D&D lovers, we have today our second installment playing Dungeons and Dragons on a podcast called Psychology in Seattle, and I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist, a professor, and a level three cleric. Berto, who are you? My name is Umberto Castaneda. Isn't this the third installment? So we did a second one. Thank you for mentioning that, Berto. (laughs) And so... I have we've been making this podcast for 10 years right and I just recorded on my computer uh-huh and I have to use complicated software and complicated equipment and about once every two years Uh-oh. or maybe once every year oh god no maybe once every 18 months I will at the end of this podcast recording session I'll press stop and my computer will, or the software will just indicate it didn't record a single thing, even though, as you can oh see, my there's an indication of recording. And so, <laughs> you know, there'd be these times when I would stop, press stop, and it would just like disappear, and there's no recovery. And we need that, a class action <laughs> lawsuit against these people. And that's what happened. Good luck. with It's made by Sony, I'm sure. They, oh, I'm sure they don't have lawyers to fight me. But, uh, but anyway, so that happened last time. We recorded an entire Dungeons & Dragons session for like <laughs> three hours. <laughs> this explains so much. It was epic. We went all over the place. It was, it was so good. good. It was so good. You, oh, you,
1: you missed so many wonderful you missed. This will jokes. only be a
2: pale... Reflection of a reflection. <laughs>
0: and and so Adam Johns, our uh, DM, our dungeon master, upon learning this, had a choice to make. He said, well, we can either just ik, briefly summarize that second session and move on – um, or I can go back and we can just start over as if we Ooh. never did the second it's, session.
2: It's loading the save game from before, you know? It's
1: it's starting, yeah, yeah right. It's starting yeah. the, the save all over. You guys yeah. are just going to run through the next section to just be like, there's the guys to the left and the next guys to the yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Listen, yeah. we've all lost sa- save games before. I, I used to have, you know, on the P- PlayStation, remember the little ga- uh, memory cards? I had a Final Fantasy VII save and it was my brother's because he was playing on the, and he was like, I don't know how many hours, like, you know, 40 hours into the game or something, and the file just wouldn't load, and he had to start over.
1: I had the exact same experience. I like really excited when you said that, because I literally had a Final Fantasy save on a PlayStation Uh that made it to the save before the final boss.
2: Oh my, no!
1: And then I corrupted the save, and I couldn't, I never beat the game.
2: Oh, that's so yeah. brutal.
1: It's a sad...
0: So this is basically like that, and Adam Johns, our DM, has been so gracious to say, you know what? The listeners will not... They need to know what happened. They need to experience it along with us. So Adam has gone back in time and said, okay, we'll just erase the second session and start over,
2: which is just... You this know. is fair. So... Well, my name is Humberto Casania and I'm an engineer for the Sony Corporation. Who are you, Adam Davis?
3: My name is Adam Davis. I'm one of the executive directors for Game to Grow, and I'm playing Shoosh, a tiefling bard.
1: And my name is Adam Johns. I'm the other executive director for Game to Grow, and I'm playing the Dungeon Master. I'm a level 15 Dungeon Master.
0: Wow. So uh, this time, and for the only time that I've ever done this since the, the beginning of this podcast, I have a second computer also recording this podcast. So unless... The stars align, and both computers decide to crap out. We should be okay this time.
1: At that point, do we have to, like, make a determination that, like, the fates have conspired against us? And well, there's a, there's my a...
0: mom did ascribe, or was, you know, <laughs> she did believe in the propaganda that Dungeons & Dragons in the 80s was related <laughs> to, to satanic rituals. It was a cursed thing. She, so
2: yeah. maybe my mom cursed it, yeah. Oh, essentially. <laughs> Oh, so oh my gosh, that's too bad. I got erased, because I bet you, if you listened to it and turned the volume way up, you could have heard like all sorts of demonic voices. You have to play.
1: You have to play it i oh, play it backwards. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah,
2: right. See, <laughs> my, my theory is a little different. I think Kirk was unhappy with his roles and with his decisions, and he's like, um. <laughs> Oops, delete. <laughs> oh, yeah. Control. I, I, ca- a, I cast
1: a delete spell. Yeah. Kirk's oh. character was like, he was like really whiny really in that thought. whole episode. And, yeah. Uh, you guys should have heard it. A, it was terrible. not a character.
0: <laughs> so, if you're a listener to the podcast and you don't like Dungeons and Dragons or you don't like listening to four dudes in a smelly room that we eventually <laughs> will make very smelly, <laughs>
2: it started smelly. It's going uh, to <laughs> worse.
0: Play Dungeons and Dragons, then I don't recommend listening to this episode. But the reason why. We're doing this is because I am board president of a nonprofit called Game to Grow, as I talk about sometimes. Adam and Adam are executive directors of the nonprofit, and the, they're basically Game to Grow, and I'm just a peripheral figure. Uh, and the nonprofit, the mission is to spread the use and knowledge and awareness of using tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons for therapeutic use for building community for just helping people in general of all ages, whether they're kids or adults. And what we're finding and what Adam and Adam found before the founding of the nonprofit is that people really take to Dungeons & Dragons, people who have never played before, people who almost never interact with other people, people who do interact with other people, And it also – so not only is it a fun activity for people in various contexts, whether that's in group therapy or in community settings or in hospitals or online or whatever, but it also is a very flexible platform for leaders like Adam and Adam to use different techniques within the game that are totally in-game. It's it's not out-of-game. That actually can change people's lives and improve their lives and bring them higher self-esteem, greater social skills, more connection, more meaning, more less isolation, um, more love, more uh, self-identity. You know, emotional regulation—all the things that every parent, every teacher, every therapist wants for all their clients. Frankly, well, do,
2: do you mean they can actually like cast real spells? Yeah, the the spell the the,
1: the spell of friendship. Really? Oh wow! Yeah, (laughs)
2: level five friendship (laughs) spell.
3: No
0: save. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and what we hope and there's other people. There's you know it's emerging in other pockets around the world. But as game to grow, we want to be the hub of all that for everyone around the world. We want to be connected to all that. We don't want to consume every organization, obviously. But we want to be the connector. We want to be uh, actually providing the service. We want to be training people. We want to be connecting other people. We want to have resources that people can come to. We want like a database of all the different service providers that do this kind of thing. We want to be connecting, uh, you know, donation services to other organizations, uh, obviously. And so uh it's a really big deal it's it's a big mission. It's already you know heading up every every uh, month. We have uh, more groups now than we did before. We're training people not only to work for game to grow but also around the world to provide these kinds of services. It's a really big deal and the amount of particularly young adults and teenagers that can benefit from this kind of therapy is just tremendous it you know this is a this is a thing that actually changes people's lives. Actually is a treatment modality that is perhaps the only one available that these people will relate to and actually want to do. And that's a really big deal, you know. It's actually making a difference. Adam and Adam are actually making a difference in real human beings lives and they're observing that and everyone loves it and it's, you know, it's just a wonderful thing. So, if you want information go to game to grow. Dot org. That's game2grow. T o dot org. And you can learn more. And if you're a clinician, you want to be trained, go to the website, contact us. If you want to volunteer, if you want to work for us, we're we're probably going to be hiring in another six to twelve months another group of, of people to work for Game2Grow as, as we get more people in the community who wanna hire us. Uh obvi- and if you're in another city and you want to be trained on this, Adam and Adam will provide training for you online or fly out to your location, provide an in-service training for a day or two. Uh, We have packages for that sort of thing. And I'll tell you from personal experience, Adam and Adam are extremely charismatic trainers. They're not your typical boring lecturers who just, you know, stand up and it's point one. Yeah, like it's very entertaining. And I've seen crowds like respond to them like they're movie stars or something there's a certain Pain crowds but yeah there's a certain magic that they have as as a team um, adam adam johns is more the straight man adam davis is more the jokester although you have good information too but i've seen groups, <laughs> groups of well, let's just say women uh responding very positive to uh uh adam, adam davis's charms and, um, and you can know that your your training will, will be the same. So, if you're looking for that sort of thing, uh, then go to org and, and look us up. Yay. Yeah. That's, I'm sold.
1: That's great. You, you said it all really well. Yeah. So, let's accurate. play. Let's play some d d Let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, oh, I guess one last thing for our listening audience. Yeah. Um, We did lose the copy of the, of the last game. Uh, to make it really clear, um, none of the players know what's gonna happen in today's game. I've taken, uh, everything back in time to where the end of the first session, uh, where the first session ended, and where that's where we're picking up again, but, it's going in a brand new direction. So none of the players know what's going to happen. They, they um, are, are veiled in the, the shadow of the future uh, for all this. Do we need to do the... Yeah, yeah. I know we do. Is, uh... So
0: previously on Dungeons & Dragons with Game to Grow and Psychology in Seattle, uh, my character is a dwarf. Think about Gimli, the uh, you know warrior the with the axe in Lord of the Rings and in The Hobbit. Was he in the Hobbit? Or no, he doesn't show up in the Hobbit. Anyway, think of a dwarf with a with an axe. His father does, yeah. Which is named Thrain, I believe, or Thorin. No, anyway, the point. Thorin's dad is named Thrain. Getting <laughs> off topic. <laughs> I am a dwarf and I'm a cleric, which is basically a priest, and it's a battle priest, so I have armor and I have weapons. I am friends with Umberto's character, who is <laughs> named Grolo. Grolo the Cruel. Who is a half orc. He's sort of a bumbling huh? st- strong man.
1: It means it Who's means bumbling. It
0: means handsome. Uh, he's yes. he's well meaning. <laughs> he's well meaning. And he his sort of life story or his character arc is trying to look for his dad, who is an orc.
2: Correct correct me if I'm wrong. That's that's correct. My yeah. my DEMON father who came and destroyed my mother's village and, you know, did things to her. So I came acro- upon Grolo,
0: and I felt bad for him, although I hate orcs because dwarves and orcs hate each other. I did feel bad for Grolo, and I took him under my wing, and so he's a, we're a good team because he's the guy who rushes in, and I'm the guy who rushes after trying to pick up the pieces. I come up with the plan. Exactly. And then we met in the first uh, session, we met Shush, played by Adam Davis, who is
3: a... Uh, Shush is a tiefling, which is sort of uh, devil-like. And he's a bard, which is basically a magical musician. And he had a boat. Um, And Shush's backstory is uh, um, a little bit uh, veiled in mystery. But Shush, um, his name came from the thing his mother always said to him. (laughs) <laughs> um, as, a, as a young musician. And uh, uh, Shush uh, strives to be uh, the character in some of these stories of heroes that he likes to sing about. Okay.
0: And we were tasked with a mission because we're looking for work and we're looking to make a difference in the world and make money. In a town, I'll just briefly describe it. They were experiencing a lot of piracy by this, by this ghost ship. And we were trying to figure out why. Long story short, we went to a altar in the on this little island in the middle of the water, and we de- we defeated a shadow, which is like a a demon. Correct me if I'm wrong. From the under, it is a demon yeah. from from the hells from the ninety nine hells world or something.
1: Technically from the abyss, but yes, from the yeah, abyss. Yeah. That's
0: right. The hells are for the devils, and the abyss is where the the demons lived. And we destroyed it. It was a harrowing encounter because it's a powerful thing, the shadow. That, essentially, long story short, made it so that the pirate ship, the ghost pirate ship, no longer terrorized this town as much. And the town was able to uh, return. Well, we haven't. We don't know. We're actually on the boat. This is where we are. We're we're heading back to the town, hoping to tell the town that we did something great and accept our reward and our, you know— Uh, accolades
1: that's that's a perfect recap and I need a
2: statue built for me
1: (laughs) you're going to work on having a statue uh, built for Grillo so uh, all of you all three of you are now sailing away from the craggy island that you found the statue of uh, the altar of loon and uh, the shadow demon and the small box uh, which it's important to to recognize who has the, the small box who's actually holding on to it
2: I will be. I think it was you. Okay. Uh,
1: to to clarify, and as a reminder, uh, the box was apparently stolen from from the bank. Um, that these people who uh, you encountered on the ship said that they had had been hired in order to steal this very particular box from this from the bank. And the ba- box is sort of a small, maybe um, a, a largest ring box, but a very small jewelry box sized. Um, and it has uh, carvings and engravings all around it uh, that clearly indicate its its magical nature. Oh yeah, Adams Ooh. actually got like a little box. It's yeah, about Little prop box a little, little prop here. box
2: don't open it,
1: <laughs> don't, don't ah! open it. well it's, it's my too late face is it, melting. But, um actually the the box sort of sits open now that you oh, okay. uh, that, now that the demon has already escaped so you can you okay. can open and close it at will um uh, maybe Grolo keeps like preparing yeah. himself for the demon to come out again um yeah, can but, i say
2: something to my friends right now or yeah 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 okay uh, i'm not so sure about going back to land why i had a horrible dream I remember in my dream we arrived and there was fire and Grolo had to jump out of windows and it was very painful for Grolo and I got attacked and uh, there was more orcs. It was horrible. Don't be ridiculous. That'll never happen. I hope you're right.
1: (laughs) Um, Actually, it is really late. Um, and it's a reasonably easy jaunt back to the, back to the town now that you know that there are no ghost pirates ready to, to, um, uh, take you out. And because of the ghost pirates, there are pretty much no other ships in the sound either. So, uh, so it's, um, pretty easy to do. And this is actually a pretty good time. Shoosh, I imagine your boat has some sleeping quarters or something along those lines, a place to, to lay down if you need to. It's got some bunk beds. Some bunk beds? Yeah, for me and all Mm. my friends. Yeah. Mm. How many bunk beds does it have? It has seven. (laughs) <laughs> you can take <Whoa>.
3: two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I probably want to sleep on the bottom, right? So yeah. Crush whoever's.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm just waiting for friends. <laughs> You're yeah.
2: just waiting for a lot more yeah. friends. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, uh, Shush, as you as you show everybody down to your bunk beds, and and you have a chance to to catch just a little bit of shut Eye before you um make your way back to the town of Torax. Um, uh, you do get some. Really peaceful sleep.
3: Um, it's uh, because I'm singing you guys to sleep. Oh, are you singing it? Are you singing in your sleep? No, I'm. Well, yes. I do both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> play the violin so you guys can sleep. Oh. What oh. uh, What song do you play? In the Yeah. Moment? What's the lyrics? Uh, the lyrics are: "The moon is bright tonight. The moon is so bright. We just had a wonderful night, and we don't have to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I would be singing it, but." But I'm not in character. <laughs> I have a
0: feeling our two characters it's, are pretty loud snorers.
3: Yes. It's spoken port, so. No, Grolo doesn't
1: snore.
2: You snore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, the moon is indeed high in the sky and shining a beautiful moonlight across the sereneness of the sound. Um, it's, a, it's sort of a, a wonderful, peaceful night for all of you to sleep. Well, it is at least for Shush and Grolo. Uh, Grolo, you did indeed have uh, a terrible dream, but it wasn't this night. It was oh. the night before um, uh, of of the harrow, har- harrowing things that might have happened to mm-hmm. Torex. Um, but Thrain... You have a particularly disturbing dream this night. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Your dream mostly consists was, of. Did it have
0: to do with my computer?
1: It did. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, your, dream, your dream ends and then you forget the entire Gada. thing.
2: <laughs> Should have um, had a backup.
1: Okay. <laughs> the backup dream.
2: Oh, uh, b- by the way, sorry. Uh, the other day, unrelated, <laughs> I was having this dream, and in my dream, the most fantastic country song was being sung by this female. And I was making it up on the spot, and like I remember, and I was like, and I was kind of being able to shape the song, and like, oh, add a little bit of this theme, and and I was like, oh my god, that song sounds amazing, and I'm like, I gotta remember, I gotta remember, I gotta remember, (laughs) and then I didn't remember. (laughs)
1: This is this is literally the premise of a tenacious D song.
2: Yeah,
0: the (laughs) the greatest. This is the greatest song in the the world. world. This is this is not the greatest dream. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is but a tribute. Yes.
1: Um, in your dream, uh, the first thing you see is the symbol of Morden. Now, um, in Dungeons and Dragons lore, Morden has a, a pretty classic symbol. But um, in our game, what is the symbol of Morden?
0: A anvil with a hammer. Whoa. Awesome. <laughs> um, you actually see um,
1: almost like a like a close up scene of a blacksmith working on on an anvil, um, hammering out uh, just, just a piece of metal, just really shaping something. Um, and the scene reminds you of home. It reminds you of, of your people. It reminds you of, of the things that, that help connect you to your dwarven clan, to your family, um, and certainly to your faith. Um, the hammer really, truly looks like the wondrous hammer of Moradin. Um, and and an uh, in that moment, you know that this dream is an omen. But as it zooms out, as, it, as the sort of um, dreamscape uh, fades and it fades into another place, you can see the town of Torax. Mm. Um, you can see it in, in all of its peaceful glory right in the middle of its fall festival of Tumble Day, of uh, <laughs> all of the, the wonderful things. And the people are happy and they're prosperous. Um, and then sort of in the background, it sort of fades into a fiery landscape. Oh. And you can see the town of of Torax in flames, and silhouetted by flames, you see a massive orc. Um, He stands uh, easily ten feet tall uh, with bulging muscles, um, and he uh, gives forth a yell um, that fills you with terror. Uh, um, the orc, uh, you can't quite make it out, but it, you definitely know it's got the shape and it's got the, the yell of an orc. And he carries with him a, a massive
0: spear. Uh, more didn't save me.
1: Um, and indeed, in that moment, um, as you as you sort of mumble to yourself, "More save me," uh, you're pulled away. You're pulled away from this place, and instead pulled down south. And you can see the landscape flying by you, um, and you find yourself standing, um, well, or or at least viewing from from a standing position, a large city. Um, again, uh, bustling, wondrous, but in this case, you don't get the feeling like you're filled with warmth or that you're filled with a, um, a welcoming space. Um, instead, uh, you are filled with fear as you, as you look Ooh. upon this city, and you can see the sky behind it. Though the city is not in flames or anything like that, the city seems perfectly intact, but the sky behind it has a deep red hue uh, that fills you with an unease about this place. And that's the moment you wake up. (sighs) Um, In the morning... Uh, you wake up you get just enough sleep to, to get sort of into the the very early dawn uh, enough to have some light to, for which to see by um, and you would probably sleep a little bit longer really um, enjoying the spoils of, of having been victorious in in battle and in your mission except that you hear a strange noise coming from outside the ship something banging into the side of the of the ship sounds like it a, like a, a wooden plank banging against the side of the ship um, sort of in a, in a uh, like uh, drifting fashion um, banging um, periodically, mm-hmm. um, like something has drifted into the side of the ship.
3: I'll mm. go oh, check on it.
1: Um, shush, uh, roll me a... Um, we'll just make this a perception check.
3: That is a natural 20. Uh, Whoa. I, I care a lot about my boat.
1: <laughs> That's uh, sh- true. <laughs> shush, you, you feel Laser the walls of your boat. <laughs> and, and through the vibrations of the walls, but you can do, tell your boat is hurting. What do you need, but <laughs> speak to me? You, as you as you uh, run up to the to the top of the boat, uh, you can see that um, you're you're still drifting uh, on the sound. Everything is peaceful. There are, there's no land in sight. Uh, but to the side of your boat, you can see a very small, um, well, sort of lifeboat, a, a sort of long boat um, with one person inside the boat. Oh,
3: I've seen longer.
1: Uh, it was, it's, it's, it's not a very, it's not a super long, boat. <laughs> it's a, it's a short, long boat. Um, but there's one person that appears to be unconscious on the inside of the boat. Uh, he doesn't seem to have any oars and, um, his, he is dressed in sort of dark, uh, traveling clothes, uh, it appears to be a human. Uh, but he looks super, super with a 20. You can tell he is dehydrated. His, his breathing is labored. Um, you can tell his, his heartbeat is very slow. Uh, as you're looking at him, <laughs> uh, that's see just how his observant. Pulse, <laughs> you can see his
3: pulse. I can feel the vibrations from his pulse to his boat to my boat.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and you can, and more specifically, you can also tell um, he's clearly very, very dehydrated. He's probably been on the on the water for a long time, um, and it's probably true that he hasn't had his oars, which is probably why he can't really go anywhere.
2: H- have we come up by this point?
1: Um, I imagine so. Um, it didn't take Shush
2: very long to do that,
1: but but the sound was loud enough that it woke all of you.
2: What is this? Is this someone you know?
3: I've never seen him before in my life. Hmm. Shall we bring him on board? Well, I suppose we might need to carry him up here.
2: Hmm. Okay, I, can I try to carry him? Sure. Um, Grillo, actually,
1: you're strong enough. I'm not even going to make a okay. roll for this. Um, uh, you can uh, kind of climb down a rope ladder and pick him up and, and bring him up. Um, he is um, surprisingly light. Okay. Um, in sort of an alarming way. Uh, but he appears to be kind of a young man, uh, probably in his uh, mid twenties, um, who uh, definitely looks looks pretty worn for the wear. Um, and you notice that he has an injury; he has a cut on his on his arm um, that appears to be sort of a, a, a bad gash, um, but not not super deep.
0: Does he look like just a regular townsperson? He kind of looks like a regular townsperson. Yeah. Okay. I cast Cure Wounds by Moradin's Beard. Awake and have your wounds be cured. Um, I'll also have
1: you roll. You can, you can roll for the like your, your wounds. Um, and I'll have you roll a uh, medicine check as well. Three. Okay.
0: I can I get some water eight, from the... Eight, eight points barrels. of healing and medicine of a 23.
1: Awesome. Um, uh, the, you can tell the wound is, is bad, but uh, with your healing, it, it uh, closes up very well. Um, but more more specifically, you can tell he's probably dehydrated and malnourished. Uh-huh. Um, you suspect uh, Thrain that he's probably been on this boat for as much as um, maybe a week. Um, uh-huh. It's been a long time to be on on a long boat. Is there uh,
0: water and food nearby?
1: It doesn't look like he had any supplies whatsoever. Do we have any water? You you guys have supplies. You you have uh you have mm-hmm. water and food on the on Does the boat. Does he wake up? Before. Um, when, you, when you heal him, he doesn't. But as you start to um, uh, give him some water and start to sort of um, uh, take care of him a do little I bit. Do I slap him? Uh, you, I, I, try does anybody him. Try I try to slap I try to slap Grillo. him. You're, I'll, I'll you, wake you, him up. I don't know. You're, <laughs> you shake him really you're too violently. strong,
0: Grolo. Medicine uh, requires a, a light touch that uh, I think you are not capable of. Fine.
2: <laughs> but it would be quicker. But if you have good <laughs>
0: thoughts, Grolo, that will help. Good thoughts? Mm. Good thoughts. Can
2: I slap him? Uh, In your thoughts. In
0: your thoughts. Okay. (laughs) You can have slappy
1: thoughts. (laughs) Um, It takes a couple of hours to, to like, get him back to consciousness. Um, During that time, you you start sailing your way back to Torax. Do you tell anybody about your dream, Thrain?
0: Yeah. I say, by the way, Moradin sent me an omen last night. Mm. Danger is ahead, not only in Torax but in a city in the south shush do you know of a large city just south of here on the coast do um, i know shush
1: you do um there the actually sort of the uh- best described as a sort of a capital city it's actually where the king lives um is a very large city that's um uh probably a day's journey or a couple of days journey south from from torax
3: can we access it by boat
1: uh you could uh you could sail down to to um that city uh we're gonna name that city together um umberto why don't you give me the first letter p uh kirk uh x (laughs)
2: Oh God, that's gonna be. It's gonna be
1: very interesting. E.
0: <laughs> e. Um, jeez. H. I give one more
3: letter.
1: A. Pia. Pia. How how would we say P-h-a. this this
3: p x e h a.
2: Pshicha. Well, we're not going there, so we're,
3: to say it. <laughs> we're being really insensitive right now. <laughs> so tell us,
2: tell us what you think the name.
3: is. Oh, the city um, just south of here is Pshicha. <laughs> P- 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 Do you mean Pshicha? So oh, that's uh, going to uh, sound really in good in, in all these mics of so <laughs> us. Uh, <laughs> in the local <laughs> language, they say Pshicha. It's kind of like that. Okay. Um, it's a complicated um, phoneme for for the the. This, oh.
1: The city is massive. If there's a uh, cultural hub of this area, it's definitely Prihiha, Um who where there there are uh, churches of every variety. There there are there's an entire artisan district. Um, there are many many people there, and of course uh, the king resides there. And the king sort of rules over a lot of the land here and largely defends it. Uh, most people see the king as a as a pretty just king uh, for the most part. There are um, uh, times where his decisions are are. Um, frowned upon or people don't like him but for the most part they they see him very as, as a, a worthwhile king.
0: Okay. So in the town of Torax, Moradin showed me it was in flames. Sometimes, Moradin gives me visions that are
2: metaphorical. I, I had flames in my dream two nights ago.
0: Okay. So, bad omens. Fire usually means bad things. And I, I hate, hate fire. And I also, in my dream, saw a monstrous ten-foot... Orc, an evil presence. That that was probably just me. No, it was a pure orc. Oh. Like your father. Oh. And then I also Morden, showed me Pahiha, Pesixah, and <laughs> Peshiha. Uh, <laughs> Although the town seemed at peace, there was a doom coming from the sky. Oh we should go help these people. We should. It's I think that's time. what Moradin is telling us. I, I
2: think
3: we can but stop I, and get a reward first. Maybe. Yeah.
2: Well, we need our reward for sure. We can't go save people without our reward. Get
3: a little recognition. From sure. Yes. It's
2: about this time as you as you're actually
1: having the whole conversation and you're and you're talking about all of this that um that the figure that you rescued from the longboat uh wakes up. He's sort of coughing um and and he seems very very weak um and he's he like says, in
2: the the guy in seven that everyone thinks is dead and then was like. <laughs> You
1: not know yeah. Uh not quite that disturbing, okay. but yeah. <laughs> a little a little like that. What's yeah. in the
2: box? <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're
3: just going to do seven um, reverse. Over.
1: It's just going to be seven. It's yeah. just going to be that line from seven yeah. back and forth. Um, as you uh, he he coughs and he, and he sort of turns over on his side um, and he just says water, water. I give him water um he he grasps it from your hand and he starts he starts drinking it frankly a little too fast um and he co- coughs that as well but he, but he slows himself down a little um, and he looks up at all three of you and he has sort of a confused look on his face hmm. you are a uh, half-orc a dwarf and a and a tiefling yeah. uh that are uh, sort of out in the middle of the <laughs> of the ocean uh, so, so he gives human, you a, like a, a long confused look yes a human, okay yeah um and he says um i I we're, here to,
0: we're here to help you, friend. We were on a mission to help Torax, to save Torax from the ghost pirates. You can trust us.
1: Oh, you're from, you're from Torax. We were oh, yeah. tasked by
0: people in Torax.
1: Wait um, a minute. How do we
2: know he's not a
0: ghost pirate? Because I can touch him. Oh, that okay. ghosts we could not touch.
2: Yeah, I'm not a
1: ghost pirate. That would be that would be uh, wicked scary. I guess. Uh, are there ghost pirates that are out out in the in the water out there? Not anymore. Well, yes, but not not
2: right now. Oh, we took care of that.
1: Oh, well then I guess I got I've got you to thank for that. Um, so I've had a hard enough time as it is. I don't even want to have to deal with any ghost pirates. Do you have our reward then? I I didn't know that I was I, I was on a
0: boat. I think.
1: I'm dying to on a you? boat.
0: How come you are, you know? Well, hurt.
1: I was sailing with some friends. We were, well, we were leaving the town of Torax, and um they were sort of fiddling with this thing and i told them not to fiddle with it and they were fiddling with it anyway and it seemed like a dangerous thing so i jumped off the boat i got out of there as fast as i could was it this box um uh, he looks terribly alarmed as you (laughs) as you hold up the box um and uh and you see him like trying to scooch away but you've got him kind of cornered in the in the bunks uh so he doesn't really have anywhere to go and and uh um he realizes that he's, he's sort of giving himself away as he, as he looks really alarmed. And he goes, uh, no, I've never seen a box like that in my life. I've never seen anything like that. Okay, uh, well, probably that's not settled. a box. Bad.
2: That's too bad. We okay. were hoping to. Is it obvious that he's lying? It's super obvious okay. that he's Except, lying. I don't, I don't even need to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, Grolo's on board. <laughs> I,
0: I say, Grolo, uh, grab our friend here for a second.
2: Uh, okay. Just
0: hold him. Make sure he does. We'll we'll take care of you and then I cast zone of truth.
1: Uh awesome. <laughs> so he gets
0: to make a roll.
1: But uh, yeah. he fails his roll. So that means that he has to tell the truth. That's right. Um
0: and he knows that I cast that, you know, he's he, a, he's aware of. He
1: it. can tell that you that you cast something. If he's not a spellcaster, he might not know exactly what you did, but okay. um but uh, he can definitely tell you like you like move your hands and and yeah. like and light comes out of your hands or something along those lines.
0: And I ask him were you one of the robbers of the bank?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I was one of the people who was hired to come in and rob the bank. And he looks pretty surprised by his by his answer that he's he's giving
0: you. He's like, oh, shit. Like, in, uh,
1: <laughs> like really confused. Like, he was trying to come up with a lie. Drew
0: Carey? Or <laughs> he with
2: can't Jim lie? Carey? Jim liar. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, liar. It's, it's, sort
1: of, it's sort of like that. God, where I'm like,
2: <laughs> wait, you just said you didn't know anything about the box. Yeah, I was lying to you
1: because I didn't want you to figure out that I had something to do with it. And again, he looks... Really confused that he's... Uh, while, while you're, like, very strong and much bigger than him and holding
0: him down. Did you know what was in this box when you stole it?
1: Oh, I had no idea. Did your
0: friends know what was in it? They
1: All they were told is that we got a letter that said that we um, needed to not open the box. It had something really valuable in it. Uh, of course, that was, like, uh, to them, like a big shining beacon. We got to open the box, is what they said.
0: So you were hired to steal this box?
1: Yeah. It was really strange. The guy said... Just go in, break into the bank, steal the box, don't steal anything else.
0: What, who told you to do this?
1: Well, well, it was a guy, he's, he's, you can tell he's like—he's like really trying to resist, um, uh, but he says... Gordon
0: commends you. <laughs> he,
1: he says, um, it was the pawnbroker down in the city of Pahia.
2: I p- wouldn't believe anything this guy says. I think it's the
3: zone of truth. Are we all kind of in the zone of truth? No, if if you're Gr- you're near, if Does Grolo have to also speak the truth? If you're within like 10 <laughs> yes. feet of me
0: or whatever. Yes. No, 15 feet of me. <laughs> I, think, I think that is it's absolutely. Probably true. most of the
3: boat. Everyone you know. in this the room has to speak the, the yeah. truth.
0: <laughs> the fish yeah. are also being on oh, really crap. Yeah. <laughs> well, you
2: can make a scene. It
3: smells terrible in
2: here.
3: Grolo, <laughs> yeah. oh, thought- you have terrible hygiene.
2: Why are you saying this to me? Um, pawnbroker. I like, I
1: like the idea that Grolo doesn't, nothing ch- changes for Grolo because he like speaks the
2: truth anyway. It's like, yes, uh, the guy in uh, Guardians. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> What's the name of the pawnbroker who hired you?
1: Um, we got to come up with another name. Adam, would you give me the first letter of the pawnbroker's name?
3: R.
0: A. Uh, I'll try to go easy.
3: P. <laughs> you,
1: you
0: guys are going to be the ones
1: who have to pronounce this again and again.
3: Is it R A P so far? Correct. P
1: I. Everyone just calls him Rappy. 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 I'm glad you
0: chose that pronunciation. Rappy. Uh, but he basically.
1: <laughs>
0: I was wondering where this was going. <laughs> uh,
1: everyone just calls him Rappy. Uh, he's sort of the. I guess off-books dealer for um, any kind of thieving job. If you don't want to go through the through the thieves'
0: actual thieves guild, right? Right. Are you th- uh, the four of you? Are you thieves?
1: Ah, uh, well, I like to think of myself as a doer of things. And but yeah, thief is probably a good a good title. And what's your name? Uh, my name is Nicholas Gearhart. Nick. He's also still, like, really surprised that he's giving you all and what <laughs> the, whole, hap- the whole process. He's, he's, like, really confused by <laughs> What happened to your friends? Your, um, your friends. He goes, uh, he, he looks a little more solemn, and he says, those idiots. I can't believe that they, they still open the box, even after all the warnings. It had all these crazy carvings. Well, just like you you see it. It's clearly bad for you. It's got some kind of curse or something on it. It did. Um, And I thought it was a bad idea to open up that box. So the instant that they tried to open the box, I got out of there as fast as I could. Um, But Jimmy, the other guy on the boat, he took the oars out of the boat as soon as I tried to bail. So I was off the boat, and then I heard terrible screaming coming from the boat. I just tried to paddle with my hands out of there as fast as as I could get out. But it was wicked dark. I couldn't see anywhere
0: I was going. I need to use the bathroom. (laughs) <laughs> Hold on to them. Hold on to them for a second. Uh, well, I, I hate to inform you, but I, I think we came upon your pals, and they have all perished at the hands of a shadow that was inside of this box.
1: Wow. Well, I knew it was bad news. Um, the whole job seemed real shady. I don't know who wants you to break into a bank, but doesn't want you to take any money.
2: The pawnbroker, you said.
1: Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. I mean, you're you're not wrong. That's the guy who set us on the on the thing. But he was doing a job for
0: someone else. Would you consider teaming up with us just temporarily to – without any deception or trying to steal from us uh, in return for us not throttling you for, for doing a and, – and in return for not, us not turning you over to the authorities once we reach Torax? You mean you would keep me from the authorities, from Torax? If you help us, there are perhaps greater uh, things. My – there was an omen from my god – that you have now filled in some clues. Perhaps Moradin wants me to ask you to do this.
1: Uh, all right. I don't know anything about that God stuff, but I'm on board. Uh, I'll help you out with this if that's something that will get me off the hook, I guess. We okay. can't
2: trust this, man. He's True. right. You shouldn't
1: trust me. Uh, he also looks really surprised by,
4: by that. <laughs>
0: We will keep That's an eye on you. Uncanny. Or shall I say, uh, uh, Grolo will keep his eye on you, and you do not want to upset him. Fine. That, that is the truth.
2: I, like, put my eye down <laughs> to his face.
1: This is making me real uncomfortable in sort of, like, a closeness and, and like, a personal space kind of way.
2: You might have okay. to explain to Grolo not to take it too literally. <laughs> <laughs>
0: do you um, have any other questions for this guy while he's... Uh, well, he's
3: under the zone of truth. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. We got, we got what we needed. Do, out do
0: you want to team up with him?
3: No. Oh, sorry. It's zona zone of truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> no. I don't trust this guy. Yeah.
0: Well, we can keep an eye on him because what I'm thinking is we can, we need an in with this pawnbroker. If That's we true. just walk in there, it might be hard to figure out what's going on here. Whereas if he goes in with us, we
2: can he's a can double agent. Work with, yeah, oh I like it. that's next level you're so smart, almost as smart as Grollo, almost almost
0: I'm looking um, at my sheet to see how smart I actually am, <laughs> <laughs> I'm of average intelligence, but yeah, yeah that's there you go. it's all relative to you, Grolo. I'm <laughs> what is your intelligence my minus one wait what was the... eight
2: that's, that's probably about right oh my minus one <laughs> eight, right, well, where's the that's the. Oh, eight, that's the eight, small eight, Sorry, it says, yes eight. Okay. <laughs> You're eight probably the smart one in the
3: group. I get a fourteen plus two. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're the smart. Oh shush.
2: You got the.
1: You got I the got brains. the
3: book smarts.
1: <laughs> um, uh, Nicholas um, uh, continues to answer any questions, but if you if you don't have any other questions for him, he um, he's happy to to sort of um, sit and drink water and and eat some some bread and kind of fill his fill his stomach a little bit and. Um, and uh, recover a little from, from being on the sea for so long. Very good. As you head back to the town of Torex, um, uh there's a part of you, both for Grolo, maybe for all three of you, but certainly for Grolo and Thrain, uh, that is a little worried that you're going to wind up back at the town and it's going to be wreathed in flames, just like your dreams had predicted. Absolutely. But as you come back into the town of Torex, um you can see that uh, there are several other ships that are docked um, that appear to be unloading supplies um, and loading up uh, to head out. It's clear that they have figured out that the the pirate attacks have stopped or or at least are maybe taking taking the risk during the day um but you can see people are generally cheery they're they're um uh wandering around they're exchanging uh um uh wonderful um phrases with each other they're uh tossing fish to each other as is the tradition on tumble day (laughs) um and uh and you can see that that um things are are sort of proceeding as they normally
2: would in the small town is the tower of grolo erected yet
1: uh they they haven't uh uh you haven't told them of your successes uh, yet, Grolo, so you're, you're, you're going to need to okay. um, give them a little
0: bit of time. Right, right Yeah. Right. So clearly, we're on a different timeline.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean?
0: <laughs> so let me, let's take a break, and when we get back, we'll continue the adventure. What do you say? Sure. Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast, do so now. If you support the various different things that we do and you also want to get access to our exclusive episodes, then become a patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com. That's patreon.com. Also, uh, go to gametogrow.org to learn more. Also, tweet. Wh- wh- where do you guys tweet?
3: We have at gametogrow, and that's T-O, game gametogrow. Um, we also are uh, on Facebook, also at gametogrow. You can find us on Facebook there as well. Okay.
0: Any other things you want to plug while we're at it? Uh, Critical Core. We could plug Critical Core. Okay. So
1: Critical Core is a really cool project that we have coming up to Kickstarter in the next couple of months. Um, it's basically going to be a take-home kit for parents and teachers and therapists to um, use role-playing games in a um, positive therapeutic um, context. To so kind of uh, take a lot of what we've we've done for the last eight years and um, uh, have some of the pieces of that to get started on your own. So,
0: so it's sort of a starter kit. Particularly for therapists and teachers who want to use Dungeons & Dragons in a therapeutic way with individuals or groups of kids and young adults or I, I suppose even older people, no matter what age people are. There needs to be a kind of minimum age of what, like 12 or 10? Ten. 10, okay. Ten.
3: We're, we're going 9 or 10 is about as, as early as we, I, we think it'll be appropriate for. We're going to do beta testing to figure that out. So we um, the goal for this actually is not just parents, uh, sorry, not just therapists and teachers, but also parents. Um, we've talked about um, the work that we do around the country, and we've talked to lots of people who want to play games to achieve outcomes. And a lot of people have a really hard time learning how to play a game like Dungeons and Dragons. So we're wanting to make the game simpler and more accessible, not just to players, but also to game masters so that we can have um, brand new game masters playing a game. Uh, that's a little, a little bit simpler to learn, a little bit easier to uh, to facilitate for their kids, and then also we're going to uh, align the story and narrative structure to really achieve social skills outcomes through the narrative.
0: Right. So the kit will have our own. It has our own artwork. Uh, it has the our own adventures that Adam and Adam have done themselves, and. With they've done it many, many times, and know that this is an excellent adventure, a starter one for people to use. And it's not available yet, but if you get on Game2Grow's email list, then you will be able to know when it comes out and also know how to sign up for the Kickstarter. And, which is a, open right now, correct?
3: The Kickstarter is not open yet, but the mailing list is open, so you can find out more about Critical Core on the Game to Grow website at gametogrow.org dot org slash criticalcore, and then you can join the mailing list for Critical Core to know when it goes live on Kickstarter at uh, criticalcore dot Yeah,
0: this is a pretty big deal for us. It's a you know a, an actual product that we can send out, and the artwork is really great, and it's age appropriate. It's not like super gory or anything, and it, it's beautiful artwork and. It's going to be a great system. And correct me if I'm wrong, Adam and Adam, but we're going to produce, or you're going to produce, videos for people to know how to use Critical Core. You'll have various different trainings, and and when, if you have the kit and you watch the videos, then you'll know how to do it with your kids or your students or your clients. That's the
3: plan.
1: Yeah, that is exactly exactly right. It's and, hard to learn uh, role-playing games if you're not, not already a part of that world, and uh, the videos are also going to be a really big way in which we're going to help people get introduced into, um, this is a hobby, but certainly as, a, as an amazing game that can reach and, and help people.
0: And, and, and it's not uh, just to, for, the videos won't be just for people who don't know how to play role-playing games, but also for everyone, because... The yeah. notions or principles to use Dungeons & Dragons in the way that you two use it so well is very particular. Just knowing how to play Dungeons & Dragons doesn't mean that you know how to use it therapeutically, which you two have been using effectively for years now and know how to train people on that. So, that, mm-hmm. so those two things how to how to play Dungeons and Dragons, and also how to use it therapeutically.
3: Yeah, we're actually going to be talking about this at the ICDL conference. So if you're a therapist and you want to get some CEUs um, learning about role-playing games for therapeutic outcomes, we're uh, going to be speaking a plenary session at the ICDL conference on November 7th. um, In Washington, Washington, D.C. So if you're on the East Coast, uh, sign-ups are still available. You can sign up, come uh, see us talk about Critical Core and get some CEUs.
1: We'll also be at PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia at the end of November. and uh, 2018,
0: because people might be listening to this podcast like 10 years totally from Totally fair. We're going to be at PAX <laughs> Unplugged in,
1: at the end of November in 2018. Uh, and uh, you should come by and say hi, um, at the very least, and, and say you listen to uh, the Psychology in Seattle podcast, and we'll give you a high five. Um, I'll give you a high 10. Oh, whoa, whoa. Have you
2: thought of doing this with shoots and Ladders or Candyland?
1: Um, you know, I think the availability of just tremendous growth that can happen through shoots and ladders yeah, is, right. is so high. It's a a
0: I used to play shoots and ladders with my clients. Oh yeah, it's a fun game <laughs> oh, for real. Yeah, it's a fun game. <laughs> I. That's <laughs> crazy. Okay. I I went to a Patreon training actually the other day. The Patreon had a they they invited local Patreon creators to come and just learn stuff and get some swag and it was interesting and afterwards we were all networking and i met i forget his name but he has a podcast in which he plays dungeons and dragons with trans people he- do you any and we i was talking with him and i said you know uh game i'm part of a nonprofit game to grow and he's like is this does this have anything to do with Adam and Adam?
4: Oh, <laughs> so, so,
0: uh, apparently Adam and Adam is a bigger brand than game to grow.
1: <laughs>
0: we've, it, we've, in some
1: circles, that's, that's yeah. true. they call us the Adams. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, do you know, uh, about So it's a Seattle podcast for actually Queens is the way he said it. So, Queens playing Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Um, I have I've heard of it. I haven't listened to the podcast. I remember um, uh, hearing about this because they did several like live live shows where okay. they played Dungeons and Dragons oh, wow. yeah.
0: um, back
1: right around the same time as Pax or something along those lines. And I really wanted to go to one of the live shows just because it sounds amazing. Uh, yeah,
0: and what we started nerding out about was I w- had a client I don't know ten years ago back when being trans was even you know, a bigger problem regarding discrimination and marginalization and lack of awareness and internalized transphobia teenager. And he was not out. She was not out. And she would rush home after school as a kid, a teenager and play EverQuest. Remember, oh. Remember when oh, EverQuest yeah. was oh, big yeah. and she would play as a woman on EverQuest and would, you know, play, that's all she did all the time yeah. with all of her. T- if, she, if she could, she would have stayed home, not gone to school. She never would have socialized because it was the one place in her life that she could express herself as a woman and not have to worry about stigma or anything right. like that.
2: Totally acceptable.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so I for a lot of people, and I don't, I don't know if you two have opinions on this being trans or having any identity that you can't express due to marginalization and oppression or family issues. In Dungeons and Dragons, you, you can play whoever you want to play and you can express yourself in whatever way you want to. And I know you talked about in your therapeutic model about how role-playing games in therapy allows there to be an externalization of your identity. What are your thoughts about that?
1: We actually see quite a lot of um, players who come in and want to explore different aspects of, of gender identity through the game. Um, and we always want to make that as as open and welcoming a place for them to be able to explore some of that. And some some of that is um, in being able to, um, when we ask uh, how their character likes to identify, we, we make sure that we uh, are open with the phrasing on that so that they can choose to identify as as male or as female or as gender neutral or any other particular way that they they want to uh, spe- specify that their character should, be, um, should uh, view their own identity. And we've had a lot of players who, um, some, of, some of whom simply just want to play a um, gender that isn't how they present themselves um, uh, when they come to the groups. And some of them who um, want to get a lot deeper into that and want to make that a, a more centralized idea of their character, where that's a conversation that their character is having with many NPCs. Um, in one case, wow. I had a, a player who um, wanted to buy a new binder in order to um, uh, preserve an outward appearance that was gender neutral, and uh, we role played out a whole a whole situation where they had to go to a tailor, and the tailor didn't know how to react to um, to huh. like creating a binder or selling a binder to to this person, um, and uh, it was a great opportunity where they had to navigate that space of of somebody who is trying to. Work with them, but doesn't know the right terminology or doesn't well, know the what's right a binder. Word. A binder is a um, uh, something that you wear under your clothes that uh, that holds down uh, breasts so that so that uh, um, you can have a more outward appearance that is more gender neutral.
0: Um, wow, so- I didn't know that you went that deep into it. Uh, what I'm encouraged by is that young people today who live in the Seattle area because of our pr- progress moving forward as a society are free enough to voice those things. Cause right. I'm guessing you don't necessarily, you know, pointedly tell people, by the way, if you want to be, you know, you know, <laughs> right. here's a
2: binder salesperson. But, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. They're,
0: they're bringing this up spontaneously themselves. I mean, you mm-hmm. provide the flexibility and the bonding and the attachment with them so that they feel safe. And, But they're stepping into that
3: with with their own motivation. And as Adam said a moment ago, it's about exploration. It's not just – expression is one thing and expression is so valuable. But there's also a lot of opportunity to explore and to see what it feels like to to – Explore the the other gender pronouns to to explore uh, expression right. um, as an experiment. Not necessarily this is the person inside that I've always wanted to be, but what is it? What does it feel like to be a little bit different than me? Maybe in a way that I want to be, maybe the way that I don't want to be. But it it's we can always learn something about ourselves when we look at ourselves from a different angle.
0: Right. Sort of like how you're exploring what it's like to be smart,
3: <laughs> uh... and you're exploring <laughs> what it's like to be so cruel. <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm so the power of that for young people and particularly targeted at trans or, you know, uh, you know, gender fluid people who are wanting to explore and, ex- and express and feel comfortable and as a stepping stone into, you know, hey, I think I'm going to start doing this in my real world life, you know. It's a wonderful thing that you guys are providing. Yeah, I don't think you emphasize that enough in your trainings, by the way, because I think that would really, if you don't already, I would, I would emphasize that with people because that's Super cutting edge stuff that you're doing right there.
1: The character identity is is a super deep aspect. Um, oftentimes, when we train uh, therapists on on uh, a lot of this, we're having to explain a lot of what the game of role playing games is, um, which um, is a necessary piece in order to really understand how you can do character identity um, exploration. Uh, so, uh, theoretically, if we were, if we were when when we run a training that's multiple days, uh, that could easily fill an entire day. Um, just talking about uh, character identity and how you identify and how your character identifies and and playing with the relationship that you have between yourself and your character.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful mm-hmm. and so deep as a therapist to have a formalized, fun way of doing that. And also the micro stuff around like how you help people actually role play, because mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing. You can't just say role play. Right. right. And you've talked about that before. Like there's different – phases that people will have and some people will sort of already be at phase five by the time they sit down with you but some people start from scratch and just the tiniest bit of role playing you reward and then they just keep getting more and more uh expressive with their role so that's mm-hmm. pretty cool all right back to the game
1: all right um, as you pull into the dock of uh torax I-, I guess i'd be curious you guys now have uh nicholas with you and he's uh, still pretty weak but he is able to walk, um, and so he's, he's just got to kind of keep things a little slow. Um, uh, where do you want to head from here? Um, if you want to collect your bounty um, for freeing the town of, of pirates, you're going to have to go to the
2: Dockmasters. I have two things I want to do. What is that? Number one, get our bounty. Number two... Two is go number two. <laughs> <laughs> I love your humor. But I want to <laughs> get a cold drink. Okay. A frothy, frosty mug of the worst thing that I could drink. Okay. Um, I
0: say to Nicholas, I asked Nicholas, did anyone see your face or the way you were dressed when you robbed this bank?
1: Um, Nicholas is, is sort of looking around a little nervously around the town as people are walking by, and he goes, um, well... I don't know if anybody saw my face, but I definitely was wearing the same clothes, uh, maybe a little less, uh, I don't know, salty and, and tattered. but so let's get uh, it was you the into some.: Let's get before. you
0: into some different clothes. He's a human, right? so he's your size. Do you have any extra frocks? Sure. OK. Yes. I got a frock or two. Okay. You,
1: have, you have an entire boat, I imagine you have a chamber. Yeah, I got a, Plus you're a bard, so. Shush, I get... Do
0: you know how to disguise people, or are you familiar with the... I'm not very... As a priest of Moradin, I'm a straight and narrow. Oh, I've got style. Okay. And can you style <laughs> Nicholas so that he won't be
3: abducted? Uh, sure. Um, Nicholas, is that all right with you?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever you need to do for that. Well, I could wear my coat, too. Like, that's the other option here.
3: Can I... Um, take some scissors you, to it.
1: Do you put? Do you put your coat? Over, I just over have a foot. very big,
3: bulky coat with lots of fur. And
2: it stuff. like
1: it like covers him. It's like it's like a baby with a whole towel around
2: them. It's, uh, <laughs> so, so you're gonna cut my coat. I was, up? Gonna,
3: I was gonna cut the bottom off of it to make it fit him. Oh, fine. I've got. i got. with our reward money, you'll be able to get a better coat.
2: <laughs> I've had this thing for a long time. I don't like it very much. Yeah,
3: I will use um, my. Apparent seamstress abilities. Roll me Seemster,
1: a, uh, a deception check for your disguise.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Deception. That's a uh, skill.
3: That is a twenty-four. Whoa! Ooh. That is your Whoa.
1: bag. <laughs> what? Uh, what kind of disguise do you want to make of for for, so,
3: um, I, for Nicholas? I want here. him to blend in, but I do have low wisdom mm-hmm. and a high desire to make him look really good. So, so I think I'm gonna like make it a little bit louder than I should, considering I'm hoping he's gonna blend in. Like I'm, I'm thinking he's got shoulder pads. <laughs> he, he looks like um like a guar performer, <laughs> like spiked shoulder pads.
2: Like a mini, mini Grollo, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> um, you fashion it after Grolo's fashion. That- uh, because you're thinking about blending in, and then you see Grollo. Right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm definitely thinking shoulder pads and a bare midriff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and li-
3: Shoes, what's our story
0: when it comes to when we when, cause when some people might say from? like you picked up a fourth. What are we gonna say? Um,
3: he's my drummer. He's your what? Drummer. Drummer. Dr- drummer. 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 <laughs> yeah, drummer. Drummer. <laughs> in my band.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Does he play I, drums? I don't know how to drum. I don't know if that's going to make much of a difference.
3: It's not that hard. To do. I'll give you a triangle. You're uh, oh. a big percussionist.
1: Uh, well, I'm, no, I'm. I'm only about like five six.
3: Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if He's... anyone if anyone criticizes your <laughs> triangling, we'll just say you have an avant garde sense of rhythm.
1: Uh, I don't know what that means. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Nicholas, you and I can get along pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds pretty good to me, too. By the way, I never got any of your names.
0: Oh. My name is Thrain, and I am a priest of Moradin. It is good to meet you.
1: Oh, a priest in our midst. No wonder you let me off the hook. Forgiveness and all that, right? Exactly. I'm not big on forgiveness
2: and all that, but I am Grolo the Cruel.
1: That sounds way worse than the priest thing, but it's good to meet you, Grolo. Nice to meet you. His hand hurts.
3: Big hand. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Shoosh. Uh, well, you and I have a boat.
1: Uh, well, that makes you super valuable, I guess.
3: Around here, it does.
1: Well, it's good to meet all of you. Um, I don't know about this outfit, but I'll do my best to to try and blend in.
0: Yeah, uh, you're, you're his drummer. Remember that Drummer. right? I'm your drummer. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you are. <laughs> Um, uh, he does have, he looks like he's straight out of Mad Max, um, <laughs> as, as you guys are, are walking him down the, the, um, uh, docks towards the Dockmaster house. Um, as you come into the Dockmaster, you can see it is, it is, uh, um, set up just, just the way you remember everybody's bustling around uh actually now that some ships are coming in they're extra busy uh really trying to make sure the shipments get out to the town and, and uh get other things for trade onto the ships uh to go out in the, the other direction so uh he seems uh, pretty preoccupied but the instant that he sees specifically Grollo because he stands probably a foot and a half ab- above everybody else um uh he waves you over um and is pretty excited to see you actually um and he says uh hello well welcome back what uh,
0: uh did did you take care of the problem We did. We, in fact, did take care of the problem, and I hold up the box. Inside was a shadow from the abyss, which had been terrorizing the uh, altar to... to The loon. A loon, which stopped the moon from coming out, which made the ghost pirate ship come every night.
1: That sounds like a super convoluted plot.
2: (laughs) What my friend is trying to say is we kicked some butt oh, well, uh, I saved the town. you got rid of the
1: pirates. That's the thing that I was really excited to, to uh, have done, um, so
0: they're gone. they're not going to bother anyone. well, they will come back once a month as they did before when the night when the night when the moon is new
2: oh yeah, they'll do their normal
1: thing oh well. But I, I guess that's that's pretty good. That's that's all, all we can ask for. Um, and you can see, Wait, we
2: can ask him to come more frequently. No, no,
1: no, no. Uh, that's okay, Grolo. Uh, oh, okay. You can. Uh, this is perfect. This is a good outcome. Okay. Uh, well, I said I would pay you uh, an amount of gold. I'm having trouble remembering how much. I think it was twenty five a piece.
3: Was it? I think 45? it was two fifty
1: a 250
3: uh, i think you forgot a zero at the end i don't think You're it a was smart that one i don't remember i'm very smart i think we established <laughs> um, that
1: uh give roll me a uh a persuasion check
3: <laughs> Would this be deception because i'm lying to him
1: uh yeah all right you can make a deception
3: because i am definitely lying to him uh-oh uh that's not so bad it's a 14
1: uh, he he um, uh, um, has a little smirk and a little smile. Uh, he knows it's not two fifty, uh, but uh, but he says, uh, "Listen, you did the whole thing in such a short time, and we're just so so grateful and appreciative." Uh, I'll I'll throw in an extra five gold there, uh, thir- thirty gold for each of you, and and uh, your friend too. I don't remember there being three of you.
0: Our our friend is a, f- a friend of Shush's. May you might you might want to introduce him.
2: Oh, 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 hold on, Glorilla, wait. Shush, but Shush said it was two fifty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um,
1: he he uh, uh, gives sort of a worrying look across um, across uh, um, uh, a. <laughs> shush, shush! Did you uh, not Glorello's say two um, oh, fifty?
3: I did. I, I think you said two fifty divided amongst us. Maybe that was it. Oh, that's thirty each. I got it.
1: Got it. <laughs> Uh, uh, he 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 nods and uh, like a thank you in, in your direction, Shush. Um, and he says, uh, "Well, here you can keep these. I don't often get to hand these back." Um, and he's got the cards with your names on them, um, and he uh, uh, hands hands them back to you. <laughs> That's um, right. He always- <laughs> um, and he says, uh, "Listen, um, as an extra thank you, uh, we'd love to put you up for the night." Wait, did you say that the box came from? Is that the box that got stolen from the bank? Yes. Oh. So the whole thing was connected. Listen, would you hold on for a second? I want to bring the captain of the guard in here to hear the story. Okay. Um, I think they'd be really interested in figuring out what happened to the whole bank thing.
3: But but he might Oh, Uh, Uh, Hand over mouth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, you're okay with the captain of the guard coming. I don't want (laughs) to get you boys in trouble.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, oh, I think uh, there's some drums for sale down the street. Why don't you go check on the drums? I want to tell our new friend to leave the room.
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, he he goes, uh, why would I want to buy some drums? I don't even have any money on me. (laughs) Well, you're the drummer.
0: Uh, How about just doing a little bit of shopping just to see what's out there? Don't necessarily have to buy anything. You were talking earlier about how, you know, you like to look at drums that are available on the market. I'm going to go keep an eye out on oh, our Oh,
1: yeah. I do like to look at drums on the market. And come, Gr- come with me. Grolo's going to go with you. Oh, that's going to go really well. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Grolo and Nicholas uh, head off down, down the street. And uh, Nicholas, um, you can almost hear just out of earshot, although you don't think that the dockmaster caught it. Uh, but Nicholas going like, that's right, because
2: I'm supposed to be the drummer, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I yell back. He's got it now! <laughs> um, that was close.
1: <laughs> the dockmaster doesn't seem to catch on to what's, what's going on. But, um, uh, but he does uh, bring the, the um, uh, captain of the guard in, uh, who happens to actually be b- down by the docks anyway. He's checking everybody's credentials as they're, as they're coming in uh, with shipments. Um, so it doesn't take very long for the uh, dockmaster to bring him in. The captain of the guard is a, a sort of um, a short... Uh, man with a wide mustache um, and he's got a, uh, um, uh, a set of armor that's clearly made specifically for him. Uh, but he comes in and he's uh, looking you all over and he, he seems pretty cheery to have uh, shipments coming in and out and he says, um, I gotta give him a voice. Um, Hello, I'm the Captain of the Guard, what can I do for you?
0: We have a crime to report that has been rectified, sir.
1: Oh! Well, that's my favorite kind of crime. The kind that uh, already has been fixed after I've gotten here.
0: My name is Thrain Orkshorn, and I'm a cleric of Moradin. This is my compadre, uh, Shush. Hello. Uh,
1: Shush, I've seen you around the docks before.
3: Yes, I play the violin.
1: Oh, yes. Um, that's what that noise was.
3: You might have heard, <laughs> heard my song. <laughs> uh,
1: <Well. laughs> he, he says, well, it's good to meet you all. Uh, I'm, oh, man, we need a name for our, um, our captain of the guard. Uh, uh, Kirk, give me the first letter.
0: M. R. Y. S.
3: T.
1: I'm Captain Mist. <laughs> um, it's great to meet you all. Now, what's your crime? I mean, not not crime. Uh, whatever it is that you said it
0: was. So do you remember the bank being broken into... Oh, of
1: course. It's been the top of my paperwork.
0: I've been trying to figure out who's done that all day. Well, we found the culprits. They're all dead because they stole something that... Un- and I hold up the box. That un- uh, that released a demon from the abyss and killed all of them. Oh, but we uh, and we found their bodies. But we have retrieved the box, and uh, the dock master has paid our reward,
3: and we are happy
0: to uh, bring humble.
3: He also said you were gonna um, you were gonna pay the reward to us from the from the coffers of the city. You being the captain of the god, you might want to pay us a little because he didn't pay us. And you should pay us. I'm winking at
0: roll brain.
1: deception with a disadvantage <laughs>
3: <laughs> for
1: that horrific lie. Disadvantage.
3: All right. Uh, that's a nineteen. Oh no, it's a twenty.
1: Uh, Whoa. He, he kind of looks at the doc master, uh, but he says, uh, "All right, all right. Uh, I believe that there may be something uh, in the works for you. Actually, um, since you got the box back, um, I believe the owner of the box, the original one who had the safe deposit box with the box in it, um, is here in town." Uh, his lordship is here, and he would love to hear that his box has been returned to him. Um, uh, why don't we put you up at the inn right next to the guard station, and we'll have him come and collect the box from you personally. I'm sure he'll have a, a, a bit of coin in it
0: for you. Thank you, Marist. That's nice of you.
1: Um, I'll let the lordship know your, your names. Uh, are you aware of uh, his presence? Um, no. The lord, and I think I'm going to give him a name, uh, uh, Blancmere.
2: Blancmere? That's Blanc-mere. what I'm going to name
1: him, apparently.
2: <laughs> right around now, you guys hear some commotion from the uh down the street. And <laughs> and you hear something like, "But you got to learn to play! <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I don't know how it works." But you just the... bang on him like this. It doesn't even sound good. But
2: that's what drummers do. And you should hear the rest of his music anyways. <laughs>
1: Uh, you can hear you can hear some like really loud terrible banging like on pots off, and pans off, off rhythm yeah. banging on on some drums <laughs> um uh the the um captain Mirst uh Mirst, um says uh um we'll we'll put you up for the night as a thank you for getting the box back um any word on the other
0: item any word on the other item
1: uh, yes uh i have the manifest from the um well from the bank they said that there were two items pra- taken not just one. Oh. I was hoping that maybe the thieves had taken the other item as well. What else was it? Um, apparently, it's some large gem. Uh, they referred to it as uh, the gem called the Watcher's Eye. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. I've apparently some artifact or something along those lines. Can I roll history? Yeah. Actually, everybody can roll history if you want.
0: History of nine. <laughs>
3: 25.
1: Man, your rolls. Your rolls tonight. <laughs> this is my wife's dice. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, uh, yeah. Shush! you have heard of the Watcher's Eye. Uh, the Watcher's Eye I is a very large gem. Uh, probably about the size of a fist. Um, it's not a diamond. Um, it's actually um, probably made of like a quartz but the gem is a really, really nice cut. Um it's specifically come it's apparently like uh, held a place in history for a long, long time. Um it got looted uh, uh from some unknown archaeological dig a long time ago and has since then traded hands uh both uh above and uh in legitimate circles and in illegitimate circles uh again and again uh for its supposed historic value. Um except nobody can really point to what it was originally a part of. Uh but apparently there's a bunch of people who who say that the watcher's eye is, is a part of um, this particular culture or this particular uh, religious belief and a bunch of people saying it's part of another one. Uh, Nobody can really agree on anything but the consensus definitely is that it's worth a lot of money, uh, especially to collectors.
2: Um, Right around this time, by the way, Grolo returns by himself. He's like, hey! Grolo, uh, I think you should be shopping for
0: drums uh, with our pal, Nicholas, just to make sure everything's okay.
2: Oh yes, don't worry about him. Why? Oh, I, l- I left him. And
3: I whispered to you, it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you put your hand on the wrong the side on the wrong side of your face? Up, yeah. <laughs> we use
0: that phrase to mean taking a nap, by the way. It's not, it's not real.
1: <laughs> oh. Well, whatever, whatever suits your fancy. Uh, I'm not one to get in the ways of people's, people's what they like to do in their spare time. You know, I had somebody in my spare time, and the dockmaster at this point uh, jumps in and he goes, uh, Why don't we let them get to the, uh, get to the inn and await the Lord Blankmere's visit?
0: Captain, was there any evidence of anyone else stealing anything from the bank while it had that big hole in the wall?
1: Um, the only thing that we had evidence of was that they blew a big hole in the wall and then apparently made off with this box. Um, they opened several different safety deposit boxes, but they only took the contents of this one. Um, apparently, that was uh, uh, what they were looking for. We hoped that they had taken the contents of the other one as well, uh, but they had all been opened at the same time, uh, and, and the, these were the only two missing uh, items from, from the banks. Uh, and they both were uh,
0: uh, in the same box?
1: Uh, no, uh, they were in different boxes. Um, apparently, this box—well, uh, of course, the the box that you have was owned by um, the the lord. Uh, but of course, the other box was owned, in fact, by uh, some deceased individual uh, who had paid for the box in advance for several years—ten years, in fact. But apparently, they had died about five years ago.
0: Okay, I think I think we should uh, definitely take a rest in the inn.
2: Yeah, I'm tired.
0: Uh, Grolo, why don't you go get Nicholas from his nap and we can nap in the actual inn. All right. Boom,
1: boom, boom, boom. Um, you make your way uh, down to the inn. Uh, you've been given uh, sort of free lodging for the night as a as a thank you from the town's guard. Uh, and uh, the place where you're, you've been given lodging is the... Um, it's sort of a bar that is right next to the, um, the main guard house. Um, they call it the... Oh, I had this written down, and I lost it. Um, they call it the Justice Hammer. Ooh. I think you might like this place. Yeah. Okay. Um, the bar is definitely visited almost entirely by uh, by guardsmen um who are like getting off their shift and and you can see them like taking off their helmets and and hanging out uh but it is a uh a popping happening place um and they uh the server is pretty happy to have you come in and, and uh visit um uh, it appears to be um Uh, a middle-aged woman who's behind the bar uh, who is uh, sort of serving everybody up drinks. She's very cheery, and she's very um, happy to have you come in and and, uh, hang out in the bar as well.
2: By the way, Nicholas might not be super happy right now, because I did tie him up, and I probably tied too tight, and so he's probably got, like, you know, red marks on his wrist, um, and he was like, "What the hell you do? You know, kind
1: uh, of- slightly more alarmingly than that, uh, Nicholas was in the process of getting himself untied by the time when you uh. walked back in <laughs> and, and uh, um, uh, found him. Uh, and then he made a couple of, of short excuses about how his hand slipped out, and, and he really was meaning to stay here and not run away.
2: And and then one thing that happens as, as that's happening is I go, By the watcher's eye, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: uh, um, is that a purposeful move by Grollo, or is that a... Uh... Well,
2: you guys don't know, but you might want to... That's, that's what you hear me say.
0: Yeah, well, away from those two to shush, I say, you might want to figure out whether or not our new friend has
2: this thing on him or knows where it is. Well, the, the, you, you should probably wonder, cause why Grolo wasn't there when you guys were talking about this. Oh, you just said that. I just say by watcher's eye, why, by the watcher's eye, what are you doing? Well, anyway,
0: I say that, I say that right, to, right. to you and, and then I, I grab you, yeah. Grolo, and I pull you aside to, you know, away mm-hmm. from Nicholas. And I say, why are you referring to Watcher's Eye? Oh, I've never heard you mention that before. Well,
2: it's just a saying people say. Who who said it? Well, he was using it earlier. He told me it's just a saying. It's like when you say for Thrain's Glory or throllos, whatever you say. What did he say? He said something Watcher's Eye. I, I, was, I don't know, but he said it's a saying. It's a saying people say. I say the saying like people.
0: Okay, okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> and I. I don't know if you were there when you heard this, but... Are we
3: around a bunch of guardsmen in this place now? Like, I'm
1: actually imagining that you tied him a... up and put them on the boat because you were a pretty close by to the to the boat anyway. So I'm imagining you guys are on on your boat, which you can okay. you can come and go onto your your own boat as you as you. Guys, I was so. worried
3: we were like in a cop bar, <laughs> 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 you know, with a criminal, I like with ropes on. Yeah. Um, okay, that's better. So um, I, I will um, just ask. Um, Oh, yeah, have you ever heard of... He just said Watcher's Eye. Um, That reminds me of something I heard about a long time ago. I'm wondering if you've ever heard of the Watcher's Eye.
1: Oh, that's a saying I picked up, like, uh, oh, I don't know, years ago. Um, Well, you know, you work in a lot of these underground places, and you hear about all these, like, really amazing artifacts that show up one place or another place. Um, Ultimately, the Watcher's Eye is, like, one of those mystical artifacts. It doesn't really do anything, but it's one of those Particularly valuable treasures that, if as a thief you can get your hands on it, ooh, you are set for life.
2: Yeah, sure. It's just something you say.
3: Is Grillo hiding something?
2: (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm just. I literally (laughs) literally (laughs) heard him saying something. (laughs) You look so eager to. I'm, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just. I asked him about it, and he's like, "Oh, it's something you say." And so now it's a saying I've picked
3: up. Have I ever heard anybody say "By the Watcher's Eye"?
2: Um.
1: How many uh, underground circles have, have shoosh been around? In?
3: I would say I hung out in lots of CD bars, but uh, I wouldn't say I'm like a criminal mastermind or anything.
1: I wouldn't say the phrasing sticks out to you, um, or at least given the new context of things, um, you, you can't remember whether or not you've heard it before. But it seems such a common phrase that like, it's totally possible somebody's mentioned it before and you, you just don't particularly remember that, that mentioning. Um, but um, I'll give you everybody roll insight checks. Um, Which one? D20? uh, D20, and then add your insight skill.
0: 13. Four.
1: Eight. Um, Thrain... Uh, you know, or at least are pretty sure, he doesn't seem to be lying. Um, and when, you, when uh, you mention a little bit more about the Watcher's Eye, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't like um, react to that in any way. Um, like if, uh, if I used a, a, a common um, idiom and, and you asked me about the idiom, I'd be like, oh, yeah, interesting. This is probably where it comes from. That, that's sort of the, the delivery, at least, that he's giving you.
0: Nicholas. It is very important that you tell the truth right now. I don't want to have to infiltrate your mind by Moridin's beard like I did before. So. Oh
1: yeah. That was way scary. It's, I don't even know how you did that.
0: Well, I can do it at any time, but as out of respect for you as a as a new member of our of our group who I want to protect, I wanna take it easy on you. So I would just wanna I just we need to know something. Now when you and your three friends broke into the bank You stole the box, which you've admitted to, and we're going to return now. So everything's cool there. But there was a big gem that was also stolen from the bank. Now, were your friends a part of that? Um,
1: His eyes go wide at that. And he goes, you mean the watcher's eye was in the bank? Yes. Oh, man, what a missed opportunity. I think one of your
0: friends may have uh, taken it as well. Oh, well, but I don't know. I mean,
1: maybe. They, they were maybe not the most trustworthy fellows. They certainly weren't the brightest. But we were given really explicit instructions. We were supposed to go in, open a bunch of random boxes, and then we were supposed to go in and open these two specific boxes. Um, we were supposed to open this one, which we got the box from, and another one, which we weren't supposed to look in.
0: Interesting. And did you see anyone take any large gem out of one of the uh, the second other box?
1: No. No one opened the other box. I definitely made sure of that. Is that the one that was supposed to have the gem in it? I'm guessing yes. Mm, no. Oh, we were we were only supposed to open it up and then make sure that nobody else uh, um, touched it. Where is it now? The other box? Yeah. Well, oh, you got me. Uh, we did our job. We, we stole the box. I, I don't know if maybe one of my partners got in there, but...
0: Um, but I know I didn't. Did so you were told by the pawnbroker, the thief in the other capital city, to do this job. Mm-hmm. So I suspect we need to talk to the pawnbroker to find out who might have this this uh, gem. Did we check the
3: bodies of the of the
0: other? Thieves?
1: We did. Two of them were burnt pretty bad. Um, the last remaining one that was run through, you did check his body. Okay. I was going to say we could just go back to the island. And we march. could.
0: If it's
3: worth it that much money, I feel like.
0: Yeah, we, we should do that on our way out. But I suspect that a, a trailing thief was uh, snuck in and, you know, in the chaos and finished the job. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we could check the bodies on the way out. Sure. Just due diligence. You know? Yeah. It's about a, day,
1: a day's journey out of your way, but that's not a crazy length of time to, to Wait a minute. Go, go a little
2: bit out. Hold on. Yes, girl, I'm not saying anything, but you're saying that they stole a box that had this thing called Watcher's Eye. Yeah. And he was mentioning Watcher's Eye to me, and there's no connection? There seems like there's a connection there, son. Oh
1: Well, that's fair. The Watcher's Eye is supposed to be this... Um, really valuable artifact. Um, it's something we in the other world use all over the place. Um, oh, not if the watcher's eye catches me, uh, mm-hmm. or not not under the watcher's eye's watch. It is a saying. Um, it is a
0: common saying. What but, does the watcher's eye do, according to legend?
1: Oh, well, a lot of people say that it's kind of a cursed item, um, that if you get the watcher's eye, that you get a lot of money because you're going to sell it on the black market for a whole lot of money, but mm. that it's also going to be sort of a curse. Anybody who's ever come across the watcher's eye is supposed to Well, they've all died kind of terrible deaths. Like the orc's thumb. Yeah. Um, And I I am a little bit of a superstitious guy. So even if I had seen The Watcher's Eye, I'm not sure I would have taken it. But at the very least, I'd be real tempted. I mean, think about what you could do with like one and a half million gold. Mm. It's a lot of moolah.
0: What specific curses have you heard have befallen the owners of The Watcher's Eye?
1: Uh, let's see. Well, um, I heard one guy who... I don't know whether or not they ever confirmed that he actually had the Watcher's Eye, but he said that he had it, and he gave it gave it up, and he definitely bought a real big house afterwards. Um, but his house got burned down. Um, actually got burned down by a whole bunch of, uh, a bunch of orcs that came and raided an entire town. <gasps> what are the chances of that? Like, you were just talking about... Orc raids still this. never happen. Yes. Oh, uh, it seems like a random happenstance to me.
0: Um... I'm concerned someone stole this gem. Who is in this town now? Uh, So we got to do something about that or else this entire town is in danger. We do not want bad orcs in this town. Can I... uh, Am I near the captain at all?
1: Uh, Sure, you can find him on the dock again.
0: I run out to him Mm. and grab him. Um,
1: Oh, hello.
0: So Moradin... God of Dwarves.
1: Oh, is this going to be a long sermon? Should I take out a seat or some kind of... <laughs> well, we can talk about that.
0: But the, word, the word of Morden has been known to enlighten people and give them strength in the darkest of nights. All
1: right, all right, all right. And he kind of leans on the on the railing and he says, let me get a little comfortable.
0: Well, let's start in Genesis one, <laughs> And there was darkness? No. Um, so... I, Moradin, has spoken to me and given me an omen. I could tell you all the details, but let it be known that a fire is going to befall this town and orcs are going to raid the town, including a 10-foot-tall orc that is going to perhaps kill everyone. You should raise the alarm, get the guards uh, posted, uh, evacuate the city. Bad things are coming.
1: Uh, he gives you a, a long, hard look, um, and he goes, Is this something that the Dockmaster put you up to? No. Some type of fun ruse played on the captain?
0: No, I have seen it in, 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 in a vision from Moradin that a fire is going to befall this town and a orc uh, band is going to kill everyone. And here's the detail that hopefully convinces you. Do you know the gem that was stolen from the bank, sir?
1: Um, I I know that there was a gem stolen from the bank. Do you know anything
0: about this gem? Oh, I only know that it was probably a valuable one. It was very valuable, but it's known to have a curse on it. The gem is called the Watcher's Eye. Have you heard of such a thing? Uh, no. The Watcher's Eye is a gem that, although expensive and, and can give the owner a lot of fortune for selling it, it has a curse on it that... Uh, burns cities and brings a band of orcs to kill everybody. That's a strange curse. It is a strange curse, but one of the people who had this gem in the past, the this is what happened, and I saw a vision that this would befall this very town. I think someone in this town has stolen that gem, and this curse is going to happen to the innocent people of this town. Certainly, you can, on a, you know... You don't have to do a lot, but you know you need to protect your people, sir. Um, roll me a persuasion check. Um,
1: while that's going, while this this whole thing is going on, are Shush Ugh. and Grollo also there? Did they? Did you follow? I,
2: I, I walk up during this time, and uh, as he's finishing his sentence, I haven't quite heard everything, but I walk up to the guy. I'm like, I have to tell you about my dream. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That is so no i got helping. a i got a six
3: persuasion can i help him with his persuasion yeah what do you give him d- advantage i mean oh okay I you would, just want to give uh yeah um, I, I want to just stand behind him and nod my head with my eyebrows raised
1: um just looking very serious mm. and uh yeah mm-hmm. give me give me another uh roll make it with okay. advantage
3: uh ooh 21
1: all right um powerful the, eyebrows. The, Thank you. That's some powerful <laughs> eyebrowing. Um,
0: uh, the eyebrows of re-rolling.
1: Uh, Shush Grolo coming up and, and, and sort of uh, assisting you in that. Uh the captain uh Captain Wrist looks looks a little more serious about the whole thing and he goes, um well I don't know if I believe in curses or or things of that nature, but um you did help us out with, with this other thing and and uh well I am a fan of uh well the, the Moradin tribe i guess is a good way to put it um if if you believe that there's going to be an attack on the town i'll double the guard for tonight thank you um they're not going to be too happy about it i hope hope you understand that uh,
0: uh, that's fine i think you also should evacuate some of the people the the weak and the 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 you know the little ones
1: um we'll keep a close watch i don't think uh, anybody's going to come into the town and and burn the whole thing down before we have a chance to react to it uh,
2: Moradin's vision showed me as much. Um, Can you- I ask a question? Um, let me ask you, in your vision... Did you notice any marks, any markings on the, on the orc? Did I notice any markings?
1: Um, the only thing you can remember from the vision is that the orc, uh, he did have a, a very large spear. You didn't remember that very vividly. He
0: had a large spear.
1: Um, and, and you could see that he, as, as he stood and as he stared at you, you really could only see his outline um, because he was backlit by flames. Uh, but you could see his one eye, his left eye, uh, glowing red um, toward you.
2: He had a glowing left eye. <sighs> I should rec- I should, that should mean something, right? Yeah.
1: Give yeah. me a, give me a um, history check. Uh,
2: minus one. Uh, Fifteen.
1: Fifteen's uh, good enough. Um, uh, so as a half-orc, um, you've learned a little bit about orc culture, even though you have spent a lot of time sort of being, being displaced but, mm-hmm. from it. Um, there is a very common orc god called Groomsh. Gruumsh, um, and the the um, tale of Gruumsh is that uh, basically Gruumsh is the is the evil orc god um, who is said to have one eye. Um, he's represented in all sorts of different ways, um, but ultimately uh, the the one eye symbol of Gruumsh is, is a big part of the like uh, symbolism involved in a lot of orc cultures, and I there see. are many many um, tribes of orcs centered around the the um, tenets of Gruumsh.
2: So then I go. <gasps>
1: Groomsh, and you would know Groomsh. Yes, um, you may not the not mortal enemy know of
2: moradine
1: but Groomsh is the mortal an- enemy of of uh, of your god and and f- of really anybody standing for like justice or or truth.
0: Yeah. So,
1: what case, does that mean
0: to you?
2: Well,
1: a double guard will mean nothing. That's why we should evacuate, sir. Uh, He says, I can't evacuate an entire town based on your, uh, uh, here's a valuable, though it may be.
0: Can we at least alert them to an evacuation plan, perhaps by boat, so that they can get away from the flames and the orcs? Orcs are notoriously bad swimmers. (laughs)
2: Uh, I swim just oh yeah I, I am not that great That's your human s- your human side keeps you afloat by the way <laughs>
1: they just sink really fast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, uh, he says oh you think I'm some incompetent captain No of the I guard don't that won't do I, this I, I just think I have thought ahead of all of this every in every house has an evacuation plan posted by their main doors
0: Oh what's the, where do they go Uh they go toward the dock then they get on a ship and then they sail out into the water. Excellent. Can we remind the people that that is the procedure so that they know, for tonight especially?
1: I shall have the guards doing rounds, reminding everybody to leave their house, go down the street, get on the dock, get on a ship, and sail out into the water. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, Now go and get some rest. I'm sure it'll be a perfectly peaceful night. Yes, let's hope so. (laughs) I don't think (laughs) we can get rest now. Um, you, you head towards the end, You can see that there is a um, the inn. Now that the captain has gone around and sort of given given commands for people to, to uh, wander around all the houses and tell them that they um, uh, need to remember their evacuation plan as well as double the guard on on all the um, patrols on the outside of the of the town. Mm. Uh, the inn is a little less rowdy and a little less full of people um, now that you get there than the description I had given before, um, uh, but the Bar, uh, the person who's tending the bar and, and who's, uh, um, sort of helping everybody is still, uh, pretty cheery. And the few remaining guards who are not being pulled onto, onto double shifts tonight, um, are, are pretty happy to be, to be here and drinking with their friends rather than,
0: rather than pulling the extra shifts. I say to the whole bar, (laughs) you should try to remain with your wits tonight. Don't refrain. Please refrain from drinking. That includes you, Grolo. Your life um, may depend on it. But
2: I think better when I have drank enough. Moradin's hammer
0: will reward you, perhaps in some undetermined time from now, when (laughs) we can say my... God was wrong. In which we will be happy. and I will gladly drink with you.
1: Um, one of the uh, people, one of the guards in the bar, says, uh, "Here, here for Moradin!" And then everybody drink, drinks no, in the name of
2: And then I do too. I'm like, "Here, here!"
1: <laughs> no. Uh, Nicholas also is having is having a, a great drink. Um, who I assume doesn't have any money, so I think he thinks that you're buying him <laughs> okay. buying him drinks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, but he he uh, also goes like for Martin. Oh, I guess that's yeah, not his voice. Like, Don't worry, <laughs> we're each
2: getting 250 gold. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, uh, as you uh, get an opportunity to hang out in the uh, bar, you're not there for very long. Um, Thrain, you go around and like try to individually convince a bunch of people uh, not to get too drunk. Um, and they are uh, mostly happy and cheery with you, uh, but you're not really sure you're you're getting through to a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the guards that are here, but at least you can you can be thankful that um, that you know they they let you know that they've doubled the shifts and and all of those things are true. So uh, so you get sort of the word of mouth to know that there's a lot of guards on patrol right now. And I
2: go up to him too, and I'm like, listen, listen, this alcohol is flammable. Yes, true. We want to drink all of it to prevent it <laughs> from being used in the town. <laughs> I don't think it worked. You're the smart one. Does it work that way? It might.
3: <laughs> <laughs> only one way to find out. <laughs> yeah. um, would you, would you just drink the, the high proof stuff first? <laughs> Beer, not... N- not, don't waste your time Always. drinking that um, <laughs> okay. as uh, vodka, vodka, vodka.
1: you're actually not there very long um, before uh, somebody in a very fancy uh, set of robes uh, comes wandering into the bar and it's it's a big enough contrast with their very e- extravagantly dressed uh, self that um, everybody sort of stops their conversations and gives a look in his direction um, and you can see a, a very tall man uh, who is sort of tall and gaunt and um, uh, he has um, uh, sort of dirty, dirty blonde hair, um, and he looks to be in his uh, maybe 40s, uh, late 40s, something along those lines, um, and he kind of looks over the, the bar for a long time before he, his eyes settle on, on the three of you, well, the four of you with, uh, with Nicholas, um, and he um, uh, uh, looks in your direction and then starts walking over to you, and he says, um, I am told that you have my box... Oh, Lord
0: uh, <laughs> Blancmere Blancmere. Uh, I, I, I presume.
1: Uh, yes.
0: Allow us to introduce ourselves, Lord Blancmere. My name is Ork, Thrain Orkshorn from Featherdale. Hmm. I am a priest of Moradin. This uh, is my friend Grolo, who I will introduce for him. He is, uh, a, bat, he is a, a force for good.
2: Yes, and I am Grollo. <laughs> um, uh, uh,
1: he says, um, "There's no need to introduce your friend. I'm sure he is a noble enough fellow." Um, Thrain, roll me a, uh, a an insight check.
0: Insight check. Oh boy, seven.
1: Uh, uh, gotcha. Um, uh, you, you, uh, notice mostly that, that, um, he seems to be like really especially interested in, in, uh, Grolo. He's, he's like, um, uh, he, uh, like cracks a little bit more of a smile, um, uh, looking over at Grolo and he goes and he actually shakes Grolo's hand, uh, which is an unusual experience for a lot of, a lot of people that, yeah. that um, meet, meet the two of you, uh, yeah.
3: certainly. Okay. Uh, uh, you- um, shoosh. <clears throat> I, I helped get the box too. No.
1: Oh. And uh, Nicholas says, um, I'm Nicholas. I'm the drama. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Nicholas. Uh, he says, uh, yes. Well, I'm I'm so glad to hear that you've retrieved my box. Do you have it with you?
0: Yes. I hand it over to him. Um, uh,
1: he takes it from you, and he, and he, he sort of looks it over, um, and then he puts it in his robes, and he says, um, thank you. It is a family heirloom, and I greatly appreciate having it. Can
3: in I terms. roll insight to see if this guy is super evil? Yep. I'm feeling like this guy is super evil. Um that is fourteen.
1: I'll give you um he's clearly like uncomfortable with the place that he's in. A cop uh- bar. Um he's uncomfortable with being in like a, a uh bar low class. Like a low class bar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, he, he's he's like he's very well dressed. Gotcha. Um he's the sort of well dressed like um uh you know how there's there's uh, there's sort of like people who buy like a really expensive suit and it looks like a very expensive suit, and then there's like a level past that which like is like hunger who, games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but then there's a level past that which is where you buy like a, a very expensive suit, but it doesn't. It looks, you know, it's very expensive, but it doesn't. It just looks like a nice suit. Old that's money. that's where he's at. Like he's he's wearing like like uh, uh, robes that look like academic robes. It looks like he's maybe a professor, um, but the academic robes are like clearly super super high quality cloth. Mm, right. um, and uh, and he he definitely like looks a little uncomfortable here. Royal
2: tenon bombs.
1: I'll give you with that. Um, he also. Um, you caught just the just the slightest hint of uh, like a grimace or maybe disgust when Thrain introduced himself, oh. um, but he really did have like a genuine smile to be introduced to Rolo. Hmm. Um, also, he definitely doesn't care about the box. Um, he like got the box and he was like, eh, whatever, and then like put it back, put it in his robes. Um, and you guys know the the box is a, it's it's like a, a minor artifact. It's it is right. uh, uh what, whatever it is, whatever its its um, powers are. It's it's like um, at the very least, anything that can contain something like a shadow demon is a is a pretty powerful artifact right. by itself. Um, so. Uh, He clearly doesn't care about that. Uh, He does turn to you and he says, "Uh, well, I have to thank you for taking care of of this, returning my box to me. And um, uh, I'm wondering whether or not you know any further information about the story. Apparently they broke in just to steal the box. Yes, We don't know anything
0: else. Yeah. Well, we know nothing. uh, We're still investigating it. Do you have any enemies who would want to take things from you or wish you ill? Huh. A man in my
1: position and power? Yes, of course I have enemies. Um, I don't know anybody who would have specifically wanted to steal this particular box. Um, it is outside of the city where I usually operate, and uh, was really only here as a as a um, uh, a way to maintain business with uh, outer reaching. Um, organizations. Yeah. Did um, he
2: hear me saying yes before I got shushed? <laughs> uh,
1: yes, he did. Okay. Um, and he, he, he says, I simply wanted to know a little bit more about the mystery. I heard that um, apparently all the people involved in stealing the box had died. Yes. All of them.
3: Yes. All of them have died.
2: Well, there's, yes. All of them all of, all of them. Yes, yeah, yes. We
0: saw them burnt and yes. dead by dead. a shadow that was yes. kept inside of that box.
1: Hmm. Uh, interesting. Some type of shadow from the abyss. Hmm. Uh, Well, I was always told by my great-grandfather never to open the box. It seems the, um, well, the uh, uh, people who stole it were not, uh, didn't receive that instruction.
0: What is, you say your position and occupation um, produces enemies. What is your position?
1: Well, aside from being um, a lord. Uh, appointed by the king. Uh, I've also taken it upon myself to further myself and others around me through education. I am the head of archaeology um, at the university down in in the town of Picha. Um, I mm, try to make sure that everybody is always aware of the amazing strides and things we learn from the history that surrounds us. We're going to
2: Picha, too.
1: Oh. uh, And it's Pishka. uh, Uh. uh, he he smirks a little, um, and he says, then you shall have to come by and visit. Um, I would be more than happy to uh, um, provide you with a, a meal, perhaps a,
0: a drink or a spot of tea. Okay. So, but you didn't answer my question, why would you have enemies as a professor of archaeology?
1: Ah, uh, anybody at the university as any kind of position of power has enemies. Um, any professor at the university would tell you the same thing. Uh, the reality is, is um, if you are involved in any kind of... Uh, Higher education that also teaches magic. Oftentimes you get uh, pulled into many of the things that the magic users uh, get pulled into as well. Uh, I myself am not a, um, a magic user. Um, I only dabble in, in history and archaeology. Uh, but many of my colleagues are themselves wizards or, or uh, people of the like. And often times I spend enough time with them that,
2: that I build enemy lists as well. Uh, did I notice? Do I notice that he was nicer to me, or is being nicer to me? Um, yeah, Grolo, give me a give me an insight check.
1: At the very least, it'd be unusual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you roll a yeah.
0: one, two? Oh.
1: <laughs> I
2: think plus one, maybe. Yeah, so
1: three. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Grolo, you don't you don't like consciously notice it, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you do notice that you're he having smiled. a great you're, yeah, having you're having a great having time, time chatting with him yes. uh, because he's yes. more friendly than most
0: people are. Do any of these wizards who become your enemies, do you suspect any of them would want to take the box from you or to create havoc in this town?
1: Ah, Create havoc? I couldn't say to something along those lines. Uh, The box is a a, um, a somewhat valuable heirloom. I suppose somebody could have wanted to steal it for its its value. Um, I don't know... Who specifically would have wanted anything like that? Certainly, none of my professor colleagues.
2: By the uh, Watcher's Eye, brain! Stop animes. badgering the man. We <laughs> should have a drink together.
0: I'm just trying to help him because I'm worried that someone else is going to try to steal it again, and uh, you know we would like to prevent that if we could.
1: Um, uh, he says, uh, "Worry not. I shall have it. Make. I shall make sure that it is stored in the vaults down in the city, uh, rather than in the." Vault up here um i have a much more secure location to put something like this really it should not have been left in the hands of such a minor security force
0: do you know anything about the watcher's eye
1: um roll an insight check
3: <laughs> can i roll inside
0: on this
1: yeah also? yeah you totally can uh, so, so can you roll up uh 19
0: 19 18 or no 20 actually 17
1: um Three of uh, us are pretty sharp you guys, you guys can see um, uh, he uh, like frowns just a little bit when you say "Watcher's Eye," um, and then he catches himself frowning, uh, and he says, "I believe you're talking about the um, artifact that has so, so far has been said to belong to almost every single religious group um, and archaeological dig that has ever existed." Yes, I've heard of the Watcher's Eye, as has anybody in the archaeology profession.
0: And did you know that it was in the bank and it was stolen?
1: Oh. Um, uh, he he does have like a little genuine look of, of surprise. Uh, and he goes, uh, I certainly if it had been put in the bank, it must have been done so by somebody who had it in a private collection. Um, it seems a poor place to store such a valuable artifact, um, especially when it could have been studied for history. Do you know
0: of its curse?
1: Um, he he smiles and he says, I am not one to believe in such things. Uh, most artifacts that you find in archaeological digs have no magical properties whatsoever. And even those that do have generally worn off over time. Their magical properties um, far decayed. Uh, curses on such items are, frankly, rare um, and only to believed by most superstitious people.
0: Moradin has shown me through an omen that this Watcher's Eye is going to destroy this town because someone has incurred the curse. Um. Fires will fall and orcs will kill. You should evacuate this town, Lord. Um, he, he rolls his eyes just a little bit,
1: um, uh, but seems to sort of hold his composure in the way only a noble can, uh, where he's both insulting you and also um, uh, holding holding his stature at the same time. Uh, however, he says, um, well, with that, I should be going. I do have more important matters to attend to than some family heirloom retrieval. Um, and well, in fact, we heard
0: there was a reward for returning the box to you. Uh,
1: he, he nods he says of course um uh, i shall do exactly that and he takes a um a little bag out of his sleeve um and he puts it on the counter and he says um feel free to divide that among all three and then he looks over at nicholas and he goes i'm sorry four of you um uh Buy drinks uh, have ravelry, um, and if you do find yourself down in the city, um, please do make sure to to look me up and at that again he he looks directly to Grolo, uh when he addresses that that last piece um, he He nods in all of your directions and he turns to go. Um, you notice. Everybody else in the bar was was pretty quiet, kind of watching him. Uh, you get the feeling that that um, uh, the the Lord uh, Blancmere is a pretty famous individual, um, at the very least deal. for his for his uh, um, for his power and stature. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the the bartender comes up to you afterwards, and she goes, "Ooh, was that the Lord? Um, you got to have a conversation with him. Uh, you must be quite important people yourselves." Um, <laughs> Well, I shall have to make sure to get you an extra round then.
2: Um, Not on me, of course. I didn't get to tell him about my dream.
3: I want to send um, our friend whose name I keep forgetting. Nicholas? Nicholas to tail him. Um, Okay. There's got to be more information about this guy. What do you... You guys, you saw him. He was particularly interested in the watch's eye and Grolo and did not like you. Oh, he didn't he, like me. No, I think he he's, seemed
2: like a great guy
0: to
3: me. I think you might think that.
0: I think he liked me just fine. Um,
1: Nicholas goes, "Oh, well, I guess I could tail him. I could see where where he goes. He is a lord, though. You know, he's got like a lot of people working for him and stuff like
3: if that." If you have the guts to break into the bank, I think you have the guts to follow him down the street and tell us if he meets up with anyone, or if he talks to anyone.
1: Um, uh, he goes, "Right, boss. I'm on it." Um, And then he starts to take steps out towards the door, and he turns back to see whether or not you follow him. And he goes, really? You're just going to let me walk out the door like that? Don't you want this gold? Um, uh, He, like, looks at the gold on the counter, and he goes, all right, you got me there. I'm coming back, but I'm going to get a cut of the gold, it sounds like. That's right.
2: All right. If, If it helps, I could tie him up.
0: No, that wouldn't help. Right <laughs> it's a good idea, though. Okay. Tie him up with your evil with your stare. Mm, I have that power. Yes.
1: Oh. I remember that. He has sharp memories of Grolo tying him up before, and he goes, uh, uh, "I better follow him just to make sure he doesn't get out of my reach." Um, and he, he bolts out the door. Um, uh, the. The uh, um, bartender uh, serves you a few more drinks, um, and uh, the night kind of um, goes on a little bit. A little I don't water. drink at all,
0: by the way. Sure. I, I continue my perseverance <laughs> on everyone to reduce their alcohol intake. <laughs> I only drink
3: high-proof clear liquids.
1: Um, as, the, as the night wears on, the, the bartender, um, who is, is pretty concerned, she's like, you really think that they're, they're going to come or, or something bad's going to happen to the town? Moradin does not lie um she goes well i hope you're not right um i definitely don't want to see any of my friends or family injured
0: well i'm staying sober to where are your friends and family
1: Oh, they live just uh just
0: further up on the town. Do they know the evacuation route to the docks? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um uh she says, Yes, everyone knows the evacuation route. And she points and there's a little sign by the door and it's like a very old worn piece of paper that's like uh that's like behind a piece of a piece of um uh poorly made glass and it says evacuation route. Um that's that like sits right next to the door. And she says I slam my hand a, against it. Is, is this a- the evacuation route that
0: is posted in everyone's home and business? <laughs> (laughs) She says,
1: yep, the guards made sure that everybody would have something like that posted for for everyone to see.
0: You should run home right now and make sure your friends and family understand that they need to run to the docks.
1: Um, She says, if I leave here, I won't get wages for the day.
2: Where are are your family? I'm going to go tell them. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, shush,
3: can you play a song and I can sing it? I think we should make a song about the evacuation routes so people oh, remember it. yes. <laughs> how, would that, how would that go?
0: Um, <clears throat> wait, wait, I, I, let me let me film this with I, my with my, plus, play the, with I'm my the plus violin, two film. I think Gorilla, you're saying. Right. Right?
2: <laughs> start the start us off. E- 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 e. When the fire's big and the orcs are here, you take your kin and you get out of here and go to the water and ride your boats unless I punch you for not listening to my song. That's a great song, Girl.
0: <laughs> now sing it in every home and every business. <laughs>
1: Okay. You guys go caroling? (laughs) (laughs) Take my
0: hat off and hold it.
1: It is the middle of of, uh, the Tumble Day celebrations. This is maybe like a new tradition you're starting for for Tumble Day. Um, uh, Nicholas actually comes back um, after about uh, half an hour um, and he says, uh, I tailed him for a little while, but he didn't really do anything. He sort of rode around the town a little bit and then he he, uh, uh, showed up uh, towards a couple of shops and seemed to buy a couple of things, and then he decided he was done, I guess, and and he took off. Uh, he headed south down towards the city. Uh, but I did notice something about him. Um, he had a weird necklace on, um, and uh, and he will draw you like on a on a napkin the Ooh. the symbol on the necklace, um, and it is.
0: In the meantime, can I have warned the bartender's uh, family <laughs> you went over and warned the bartender's family yeah, yeah. um oh so it's an eye with a cross through it oh uh he uh kind of looks like the watcher's eye in a way uh
1: yeah, I mean the watcher's eye itself is a gem, but like it, it is a it has a definitely has like an eye feel to it um but nicholas said he didn't he didn't recognize it okay um the uh the bartender. Um, sorry,
2: So so that is an amulet. He's got an amulet. Yeah, it's it's actually
1: okay. it's a, like a like a very small um like um necklace pendant. Oh, okay, okay. Um uh, more than an amulet. Uh made uh, Nicholas says it's made of silver. Well, it doesn't have any Ooh. gemstones or anything and it's just just a silver amulet okay. pendant.
0: Can we do history or arcana on that? Uh sure. You guys can Nine. do history. I got a natural 20.
3: Woo. Whoa. <laughs> do you want to do history or arcana? Uh, history is the role that I'm better you gotta at. you got to thank your wife for that die. Right.
0: Because you've taken all the good juju out of <laughs> it. <thing. laughs> it's going to be worthless after this. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: with, a, with a natural 20, um, the symbol is um, there are probably... Three or four dozen recognizable orc tribes um, around the, the general continent. Um, they tend to operate, they're like nomadic tribes, they tend to operate on their own. They either live in, um, in plains areas or in deep caves. Um, the orc tribes don't get along with each other. There's a general history around the area, and Grolo would know at least this part as well. Um, where the, the orc tribes are, um, often warring with each other and have never been able to bind under any particular banner or under any particular, um, common goal. Um, however, there is an old ancient um, uh, set of orcs that comes from a time in history when the orcs actually all were together, where they all um, were banded towards a common goal. And that goal was basically conquer and destroy. Um, it was a goal under the the um, banner of Groomsh. And it was a goal that was um, held together largely by a particular leader um, at the time, uh, whose name is, is largely kind of lost to history. Uh, but the symbol of that banner is this symbol. Uh. Um, it's not held by any current orc tribes. Nobody c- still operates under that banner. It's just like an ancient, uh, an ancient banner for, for orc tribes. So I
2: should recognize that symbol, probably.
1: Um, but you, you, you actually wouldn't recognize the symbol because oh. it's not a common uh, oh, okay. orc, orc knowledge now. But okay. with, a, with a natural 20 in history, shush, you, you've maybe seen the symbol or you learned it in, in school once a long, long time ago. Uh, no orc tribes would ever... Uh, to your knowledge, Grolo would use that symbol um, as as their flags. As yes. Everybody sort of moved away from this sort of common <clears throat> binding um,
2: uh, um, banner. Got it. And my knowledge of, of orcs is sort of secondhand.
1: Your, no- your knowledge yeah. of orcs is... I imagine your knowledge of orcs is either secondhand, um, it's through other half-orcs you've interacted with, right. or it's through times where you have been, like, attacking and, right, right. and uh, um, uh, like, interacting in a very aggressive way with actual yeah. orc tribes, along with um, uh, Thrain, where the two of you have, have like, um, single-handedly done some impact on, on some orc tribes that have been within the area. Makes sense.
3: I'll tell everybody about this.
4: <laughs>
1: what? Well, I knew he was up to no good. Um at that point so uh um Nicholas uh takes his little cut of the gold which by the way um all of you get an extra 25 gold. Oh. Um
2: Wait, how much did we get earlier?
1: 30. You got 30. 30. Um and apparently uh 35. this guy paid you a 100 gold for his box. Uh which is a pretty a pretty tremendous amount of of money to to return this this box to him. So 50, um especially 25. given that it was effectively like a tip. Um uh Nicholas is pretty happy to have uh, some gold in his pocket once again, um, and uh, as he's like ordering himself a drink, uh, all all four of you uh, hear an explosion. Um, coming from outside towards the outskirts of town,
3: it's arrived! I scream at the <laughs> top of oh, you my lungs. Finish drinking all the gin. I, um. I, I take
0: their drinks and I just knock them but, out of their hands. Grab your weapons, you boobs! But by, by the by, by
1: the way, you had already gone to the house of the of the um, uh, bartender um, and convinced them that that there was some type of terrible thing um, and started packing for them, even though they were like protesting <laughs> Who the are entire you? time. <laughs> What are you um, doing
2: in our house. Um, I
1: Moridin's beard.
2: Pack your bags.
1: <laughs> and then and then frantically left them after they they seemed to be sort of half heartedly agreeing with you, if if only to try to get you out of the house. Um, uh, and then the instant that you walked back into the bar was right at the same time that all this happened. So you basically came right back into the bar after having um, helped them get their get their things packed, yeah. and then this explosion happens. Yeah. As you all as you go running outside, uh, you can see that the edge of the town uh, there are guards that are that are running in that are shouting at people um stick to the plan stick to the plan
3: is anybody singing the song uh
1: <laughs> yes yes there's some guards that are like running outside that are singing singing the song that you guys Or will hurt you <laughs>
3: um,
1: and they're they're running out towards towards uh towards the things from the bar i just uh, i'm who, who maybe a little drunk
0: to the docks to the docks guards man your stations
1: <laughs> um, and uh, with that, there's an arrow that flies from a distance, and it embeds in the doorframe next to you. And you can see it has clear-cut fletching from it. It is an orc arrow. Oh. Yes. That is an orc arrow! I've been telling you! <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're going to end. So God we'll pick it. Time. We'll pick it back up next time uh, in the okay. amazing adventures. Delete of, the file. Uh, <laughs> Take
0: three. Damn it!
3: And it was all a dream. <laughs>
0: Part two. So uh, to review, if we were players in your therapeutic D and D game, what did you do? Or uh, maybe you didn't do anything, as you just were, you know, demonstrating for podcast listeners, but. Was, is there anything you could comment on regarding goals you might have had as a therapeutic DM?
1: Sure. So um, from, from, a, from a standpoint of, of the experience that I want to do, as we talked a little about like um, how people connect to their characters and, and how important that is uh, to understand both the relationship that somebody has with their character as well as like who the character is and, and being able to do that, a lot of my goals today as a Dungeon Master were to help um, make sure that we were flushing out backstory and make sure that we were flushing out personalities. Um, and there were a lot of great places where uh, you as players stepped into that role really well um, and started started to take on those determinations. Thrain's character um, has uh, just over the course of this one session um, really started to become more defined. Yeah. Um, uh, Thrain is is die hard to to his god in a way that that in the previous session maybe existed, but now it's it's much much more clear what that what that really means for him
0: and your decision story-wise to include a dream Mm -hmm. that actually played itself out in this session. Because I was thinking like, so is this dream going to play out like three sessions from now or something? And then it kind of loses its relevance or something. So to have it be so quick and feel natural and also that of course people weren't really on board because it's just my vision, you know, and I guess a lot of people have visions, you know? Right. And so it, in my, my, as a player. Yeah. It, and I, that's part of my flaws actually that I <clears throat> rolled in the player's handbook is like, I put too much trust in my God. I, I have too much faith right. and and I see omens everywhere. I don't know if <laughs> I play, played into that, but I literally <clears throat> rolled that on a, on the traits as I see omens everywhere. <laughs> and uh yeah so you set up a, a scenario that definitely gave me an opportunity to just play around with the character and 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 See, I guess improv wise, what would happen? You know what I mean.
1: And ultimately, my my um, setup there is to respond to you as a player. So um, I set up the dream. I knew I was going to do the dream sequence at the start. Uh, part part of that was a nod to the previous previous campaign that had been lost. Uh, but part of that was also to set up so, for some ongoing yeah. and further storyline that was going to be happening. Which is
2: great because I didn't I didn't know you were going to do that, and and I assumed we were just going to have a different storyline, anyways. And so I threw my own Easter egg before that, <laughs> but it was our Easter egg just for us because no one would have heard that. Right. And then, but it actually played nicely because then I'm like, I had some. I mean, I don't. We haven't really gone into why I would have had a dream too, and I certainly don't look at it like an omen. But the, the dwarf character does. And has a more detailed dream, which makes right. sense. It's cool, and,
1: and and I like the link up the, of 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 both of you having had
2: that yeah. that uh, that same shared connection, which was which was right. great. And then I was so I was my my theme afterwards was he tells this detailed account and warns, and I'm always just like, have you heard my dream? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you brought up the Watcher's Eye as a character, okay. Oh, go ahead. Did did he tell you? To no, I that? was trying a, a thread in my mind. Here's what I was thinking. I'm like. My The non-player me, so me, thought, oh, I bet you this guy has something to do with stealing the watcher's eye. And so then I was thinking, well, what if – He accidentally mentions or is talking to someone or is trying to find out how much I would go for. And I overhear that. And when I'm like, what's that? The guy lies to me and is like, oh, it's just a saying. We all say it. So then I, as a sort of both comedic but also maybe a different line, was going to – when I show up, the next time something happened, I was going to go by the watcher's eye. And you were going to go like, what? Why did you say that? Right. But – But I, I was gambling with, because I didn't know if he was or wasn't the guy who stole. And I like how you played it. It was like, yes, it is, it is a saying. Right? So it, it's, it's, it's nice that you were able to roll with the punches. And it actually worked really perfectly into the sort of some of the history that I had already
1: decided on for some of the greater overarching plot stuff, um, for, uh, this, this gem. Uh, so, so it was, it was a, it was a perfect nod. It gave me like a great opportunity to go. Okay, now I can flesh this out um, right. without necessarily saying, uh, "Awesome, you figured it out." Here's the, right. <laughs> here's, here's the, the thing.
2: The yeah. acting I was going for in that was uh, Grolo felt. Dumb, or was made to feel dumb by Nicholas for not knowing this famous saying. Mm-hmm. And so then I was overcompensating by telling everyone, it's a famous saying, you know, and, and that kind of thing.
0: So just to get meta on this a little bit in case people are missing it. So there's a dungeon master who is Adam, and the rest of us are players. And so we can only react officially to right. what the DM is throwing out. We can say what our characters do and, but the DM is the one who controls everything else. Birdo became an, an auxiliary DM <laughs> for a very short moment. And he, so he essentially completely broke the rules of like a typical uh, game. I don't know if you know you
2: did that. Well, I, I, I have throughout – every time I've, I've played, even last time we played, I tend – I don't do it a lot, but I, I tend to fish A little bit. I'll I'll fish. I'll put something out there. I think previously the fishing was
0: within the realm of normal player behavior. But (laughs) you invented that uh, the the NPC, Nicholas, who only he knows what's in his head. You (laughs) actually placed in his head an idea that completely could have screwed this up. I put
2: the DM to a tough situation, (laughs) yes.
0: Which could have screwed up everything. But a flexible DM rolls with that. It just happened to actually mesh with it. Right. And you, as a DM, Adam, were are so good at this that, from my perspective, I was like, I was like, oh, you must have slipped him a note. <laughs> I thought that same thing. <laughs> to mention <laughs> yeah. this, because otherwise, why would a player just make up shit? <laughs> like that's not how you play the game. Like you can't just make something up. And uh, so it was seamless. It, I think you know you could have, as a DM, been like. Berto, no, he did not tell you that. Like, <laughs> so I think I could
2: have pulled him aside and be like, hey, can I blah, 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 yeah, blah? Yeah, that would have been right. – or
0: slipped him a note, just like, right, can right. I throw this in there? Right. Um, uh, or, or you could have even just said, so I'm about to say something. Is that cool? Right. Does that screw up your timeline?
2: Right. No, that's fair. Because like some of them, like with the drums, that doesn't affect the storyline. No, right. right.
0: Because uh, <laughs> this well, is like a major plot point, you
2: know what right. I mean? But I do apply pressure, which is more acting, which is like – Grollo often tends to not get the subtleties of subterfuge, right? So he's like, "Oh, well, I yeah, thought
0: we said we were going <laughs> to." So I think your uh, character is blending with your personality. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you growlode part of this story in real life.
1: <laughs> so, so there there were a couple of things that ended up happening with that. Um, the, there's actually a, a term that Adam and I use for when somebody does that. We call that world building problem solving. Um, where somebody basically, like, adds something into the world uh-huh. in order to solve a, a, an issue that's going on. So in this case, the issue is we don't know anything about the gem. Uh, and right. the thing you added into the world is now I, I'm adding in that I know something about this gem. Right. Uh, or that I know something about the relationship with, with Nicholas and the gem.
0: Right. Uh, Meaning that the player is
3: trying to get something
0: or right. The, well, the player city is- that
3: my character is from actually knows everything about the watcher's eye. So I would already know that the watcher's eye right. is actually worth a lot of gold. And in the curse, uh, it means that it explodes and shoots fire on everyone, right? So that, that would right. be world building problem right. solving. Um, usually, and it's the way, not helpful. It,
1: it, world building problem solving is um, not something that we want to do because we want you to to um, come up with solutions for the problems given the tools that are right, at your disposal. Right, right. There are times where uh, where we will like yes and uh, some of the world building. Like in the example, a more extreme example that Adam just gave, um, I might respond to that with like, yes, your city does know about the watcher's eye and here's what they know. Um, so rather than giving him the whole control over right. over that thing, I'm going to say yes to the to the offer that he's given, which largely doesn't make like a gigantic difference um, in the amount of information that I'm going to give. And
2: his city might have the wrong
3: idea. Right. Right. So Every city has a story right. about exactly. the Watcher's so Eye. Exactly. So then
1: I can respond to it by going like, right. yes, your city, along with many other cities, all have a story about the Watcher's Eye.
3: Or your, your city's watcher eye, Watcher's Eye is spelled W-O, the right. Watcher's Eye. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a different, it's a eye. different, it's a different eye, eye. There's lots of <laughs> different Watcher's <laughs> Eye. So, <laughs> so,
1: yeah. so I, I, might, I might say yes, and, and we call this Sometimes a yes, but. Um, So I I say yes to what what you're offering, and then I'm going to change a a small detail. I'm going to change a piece to it. Which you actually had
2: to do, because so my bet was wrong, Mm -hmm. and that I thought he did know. And since he didn't, you had to go yes. But it is a saying, Mm -hmm. which is fine. So (laughs) I was only illustrating this on purpose to show one of the foibles. that. (laughs) Do you ever have to say, so by the way, just so
0: you know how we play this game, blah blah blah.
1: Um, I have some players who come in and do so much world building that um, I have to put down some pretty clear boundaries on On nope, that's not how that works. Um, I've had players that, that come in and, and say like, I pull out my sword of total destruction. And I go, you don't have a sword <laughs> of total destruction? Uh, you actually don't have a sword? You're a wizard. Um, <laughs> uh, and and I, I need to like uh, direct them a little bit to where the rules to the, to the game are. So there are times where where we need to um, uh, outline just a little bit more explicitly, like, the the way that it works is that you describe what you want your character to do and the things that exist in the world you have to ask about before before you can – you can say, do I have a sword of ultimate destruction? And then I can say, no, you do not.
0: Right. Um, It makes total sense because if you just sit down and you're not familiar with the ins and outs and the nuances – it might seem like, well, geez, we can all just make up anything we want. Exactly. You know, like Berto, when he did that, he thought he was actually following the rules of the game, right? You
2: well, thought. I mean, I, 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 like I said, I, it's not the first time I've done this, but I thought I was taking... You didn't do it last time. Not to, not to that extent. But the, the thing is, like, I thought I was taking a, uh, the story in the direction he was going in and... Adding to it. And adding to it, yeah. Right. and And I didn't... I actually didn't expect that he, because, like, sort of the way he was presented was he was sort of lying and he was a thief. So I was like, but, but I miscalculated that, oh, wait, there could be another possibility here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I didn't actually think. I'm going to put him to a decision. I just thought okay, this is where this is going. So I'm going to I'm going to say and and in my mind I was also creating like a sort of a humorous th- uh thread for Grolo. Yeah. But if but, I if so, I had thought so, about it a little bit more, I would have been like, oh well, wait, it might not be
0: him. Interesting. You know? So yeah. to an experienced D&D player as soon as you did that and for Adam as well, we were just like, what? <laughs> like we immediately knew, like, that is weird. Like, how did that happen? Oh, he must have told... Because he's doing it with such assuredness and
3: <laughs> the DM is responding well to that. They I must thought it have was passed. a backstory thing. I thought for sure there was, like, a note passed and I was feeling kind of uh, jealous because, like, I want uh, I, I wanted to get a note. <laughs> <Yeah>. I <laughs> want to know what's happening. Whereas okay. to you, since you don't
2: play D&D as, as often as we right, do, right. it, felt, it felt like a rational... I'm thinking hole. about it more like a play where I was actually expecting as soon as I said it for your characters to go wait a minute, why did you say that? And instead, it, I had to point out, hey, by the way, I wouldn't have known that. And that's when you went, wait, how do you? Know? you know, like that thing. Yeah. And so in my mind, I was just writing the play. You know? yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, the the thing is too is that Adam and I are both, uh, but Adam especially, um, and you can see it, or listen to this, Adam is improvising a lot. He's like asking us to help name things. Yeah, yeah. And so there's like definitely a way in which the way that Adam Game Masters is very collaborative. Yeah, so right. the the, the sometimes it is a little bit unclear when we as game masters are saying it's my job, it's your job, it's our job to create this um, and sometimes especially when we're creating backstories with players in our groups we're like what's the name of the city you're from? What are they known for? Um, tell me about the time you had to escape your city when it was under attack and they're just making up stuff left and right. Um, who is the name of the person you're going to meet today in our little backstory game and then when we get into the game we've had situations where players are like so here's what the guy's going to say to me Right. when like you're right. talking to a dragon and I and the the player will say, so then the dragon sees me. And he says, oh, I remember you. Right? Like, no, the dragon's never seen you before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The dragon's not going to say that. So yeah. sometimes we have to lay down the law right, because right. this yeah. dragon is a dragon who has a very important po- plot point. Yeah. And his whole thing is that he's anti-people. Uh, he That's hates right. people. So he's not, seen? Yeah. he's not going to have like so been your uncle. Or
2: something. In the one we lost, the last one we did, I actually – I remember one of the things I did, and you just didn't take it up. In fact, you actually – contradicted it which is totally fine um when you first told us about the the orc Mm -hmm. that had that was there or maybe i can't remember the sequence i said oh that remind that some memory comes back and in my mind i was writing like a little backstory thinking this is that's the bloody serpent are the ones my dad was a bloody serpent that's what it was Mm -hmm. my dad was a bloody serpent so this brings back memories and then you you said your father was not a bloody serpent Oh, in the in the previous game, yeah, yeah, in yeah the yeah. previous game, the yeah. one that didn't get recorded. So i uh, I was trying to improvise a backstory based on. Oh, right, that, right. Yeah. So Berto, you were trying
0: to, you were, how do you call it? Problem solving, <laughs> uh, uh, world building, world building, problem solving. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's and, the the symbol for. And Google. you were hoping to add to the story, or at least maybe even intuit what he was going to tell you. But he actually has a whole right. story that if, you, if that was true, it yeah. throws his, his whole timeline. It's too critical right. to allow that flexibility. And so last time when we played that we lost the audio, you just told him, no, 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 your dad is not part of the bloody service. <laughs> right. Yeah, interesting.
1: Um, and And sometimes that that can be um, in the in the best of circumstances I want to uh, be able to say yes or yes but to whatever whatever offer is put in, and then I always want to um, try to allow those kinds of moments to be maybe mistakes or misinformation that your character might know yeah. um, so uh, th- this is something that happens to us all the time where I like think I know a thing and it turns out that I'm I don't actually know that thing yeah uh, so being able to like allow your characters um, not everything you know about history is always going to be correct not everything you know about the the cultures or the or the um, universe around you is always going to be correct right, right, right. Um, so being able to like have um, a, a variance in in the truthfulness of knowledge is a really important Aspect. Also,
3: we're in a world that like doesn't even have a printing press. Yeah. So it's like how how is it possible that we can all know the same information anyway? It's probably the oral tradition or like some handwritten or dreams. Right. (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I have just never thought that this is a challenge because everybody I've ever played D anD D with knows this forwards and backwards. Like you don't just add details. You know. Mm -hmm. Like you absolutely have to ask the DM because like in fact. I would say that uh the way that we've been playing has been even more collaborative than other DM'd games. But I could see with people who you know aren't experienced with that system and peti- potentially people with you know uh control issues or What eager- are you talking about? E- not, <laughs> What's e- eagerness to win or something right. or to control the the story would would really I mean Berto, you just It was, you know, a tiny issue. What you're describing, you know, in the kids that you work with, I could absolutely see them sort of impulsively, like just throwing it out there. And how you handle that, I could just see being an art form.
1: Well, what's really interesting is it actually comes up for experienced players, too. Um, we see a lot of uh, players who have like playing, been playing D anD D for a little while, or or um, have like really fallen deep into like reading the monsters manual and reading all the all the like lore and stuff. And we make up a lot of uh, our own lore in our games, and a, a lot of the the world building lore. And there's several pieces that that we like to change. For instance, not all chromatic dragons in our world are evil. Um, because it's one of the, like, defining features of Chromatic Dragons. They're all evil in Mm. in the world of Dungeons & Dragons. But I don't particularly like the idea that, like, I can look at a, a... a, a race of individuals and just assume they're evil in the same way that I, I don't want to assume that that all orcs are evil or all goblins are evil. Um, and so there's there's a lot of stuff that's sort of written into Dungeons and Dragons from a long, long time ago right. um, that is like true of these of these individuals. These yeah. are all evil. These are all good. And I want to. I want in our games we often will break some of those those pieces. So there are times where there are players that that will go like, you come across a red dragon and he says, "I'll help you," and they're like, "Nope, red dragons are evil. I'm, I don't trust him." And he's. I I already know he's evil, and I'll say, actually, in this world, um, that's not necessarily true. And I'll have uh, to like really clarify what their character knows about the world, even though they, as a player, th- have a different set of knowledge. So in listen.
2: that case, almost by knowing too much about right. D&D, they're like, oh, that's impossible.
1: <laughs> um, so they do do the same thing, except that they do it based on off of an nice. assumption of, of what they uh, – a pr- right. previous set of knowledge that they, they believe is true. Well,
2: I, so I have experienced something like that. I think I mentioned in the last one or the first one we did how uh, one of the set of people I played with many, many years ago, uh, they were very geeky about the details of the physics of things and how realistic things were. And you could see that happening too, like where you're trying to DM something and they're like – They're trying to correct you or second guess you because like, no, no, a rope wouldn't do that. Or actually, I have a rope and that's – I have a real rope like that in real life and it would do – like, like, well, dude, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) And and in fact, I remember that – the debate between the DM and one of the players about – they'd spend like a half hour debating something. There's a thing
0: (laughs) called Rule Zero in in Dungeons & Dragons. You know what that is? No. It's the DM is always right, like the customer is always right. <laughs> yeah, it's but like the there's DM's a like there's a rule. That it it was an informal rule that they mm. that they was just passed around, and then I think they actually formalized it in some of the DM guides. <laughs> uh, rule zero is DM is always right, yeah, even if sense. it breaks the rules. <laughs> he or she is always right. Yeah, yeah, the, that makes sense.
1: There's also um, we like to operate under the rule of fun, um, and the rule of fun is like. Would it be fun to do it that way uh, let 's do it that way, sure, um, right. and so that we we sometimes get players who will come in and they really want to like hold to the physics or they really want to hold to the rules mm. um, and like a simulation like yeah right um, and and the thing that we will often do is let them be successful at situations where they might not have been successful otherwise, or mm. let a situation be more successful than it could have been otherwise and and they get to see how. Um, I changed the rules in order to make it more fun even though it didn't have to be
0: well correct me if I'm wrong but you're framing it as is this more fun instead of like are we following the rules you know you're just saying so is this is this a more fun way for you to do this and then they, they have to answer the question like oh, is this supposed to be for fun? I didn't know
3: this game was for fun. <laughs> I also so, get players that, like, try to explain stuff, and they actually make so much sense that I will then incorporate it into the game. Uh, like, oh, I bet it's because, according to the genealogy, this is the way that it worked. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's right. Like,
0: writing notes to
2: <laughs> incorporate
0: that later. Uh-huh. That probably is true.
3: <laughs> so, uh,
2: there was one video game that uh, has had many iterations. I won't name it, but they... Uh, the running. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> the running physics. You're ruining my DM story. <laughs> the, the, no, but the running physics in the game were totally unrealistic in the first, I don't know, few versions, right? Um, and then in the latter version, they tried to make it really realistic. <laughs> and then players didn't like it. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, it depends what you're trying to optimize for. <laughs> right. And and that happens a lot in video games where you have to say well yeah no one can jump this far in reality but you if you can't then it's not fun.
1: <laughs> this is like the bag storage issue in video games. Right. So like it's not fun to figure out how how much stuff you can actually oh, fit gosh. in your bag. That's like I, not a fun game I, no, no, no. to play.
2: Have you played the latest Zelda? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I love it. I love it. The only thing I don't, because Zelda didn't used to do this to me, Mm -hmm. is the inventory management. Mm -hmm. And some games do it at first, but then quickly you get enough extra slots. This one, it's like you got to get these Korok seats to get get some more slots. And I'm like, I guess. But that's the only part that I'm like, it's a pain. (laughs) Do you you have a chest you can put stuff in? You have a home you can buy. And in the home, you can put a few things, but not a lot. Not a lot. And there might be other things. Maybe there's something I haven't found, but like right now, I have this problem where I have all these swords in my inventory. I like all of them. And then I find another awesome one, and I gotta like throw away the last, least awesome one. And it's sad. <laughs> yeah, and, and
0: in Skyrim, you can buy a home, right? Right. And right. in Skyrim, my, my home was just a
2: junkyard. <laughs> yeah.
4: Just a yeah, junkyard of right, like right.
2: potions yeah, and armor and <laughs> I mean, swords. and. If you're going to go pseudo-realistic, that is at least a nice compromise. <laughs> but <laughs> Zelda used to be, you know, most Zelda games, what I actually liked about it is when you get the boomerang, that's the boomerang. I mean, my, there might be a silver boomerang later, but it's two boomerangs, not... Dozens and dozens of boomerangs, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so that they changed it. It's a lot more Skyrimish in that sense, but without some of, at least so far, without some of the abilities to just not yeah. worry about the inventory.
0: I mean, D and D got around that; they just had bags of holding. Yeah, yeah. so you just like uh,
1: literally, I just put it, put whatever in this yeah. in this bag, and you know, and then, then so they, made, yeah, and they stuff. made the
0: rules like. You reach in and just think about what you want, and it comes to your hand. Like, yeah. like
3: you didn't have to rummage around. It. And then they did make physics, where like if you put a bag of holding inside another bag of holding, it's like. A... I l- I like this idea that like <laughs> yeah the what ba- would
0: happen did it like rip ripped
3: time it, and space it actually
1: it actually um uh does like rip a hole in in time Whoa. and space and, and it like
3: it, opens a portal to another world or something like and that and you yeah. get sucked in or something yeah
1: yeah. Um, uh, you can do it with a portable hole and a bag of holding. There's a whole bunch of stuff. And then about that.
3: somebody actually designed an arrowhead that had a small um, bag of holding and a small portable hole, so you could hit somebody. There and was
1: they'd... like like a glass thing that held them <laughs> next to each other, so that when it when it hit, they, they like collapsed in and then made a portal, ripped open a portal, and sucked the person inside. Oh of Yeah, the... so technically, it's totally ridiculous.
3: the rules say it's possible.
1: So wow. um, I yeah. can just imagine the dungeon master who first came up with bag of holding, and they were they like they had the players that were like. Well, how many... Ca- Let's see. If an arrow weighs this much, how many arrows can I wave? And, and I, I just imagine the Dungeon Master going like, you all have a bag. The bag is magical. You put whatever you want in the bag. Everything weighs the same. Done. Yeah, you like, one arrow, you just How do I arrow. get what
3: I want to get out of the bag? If I'm, if I'm, you, if I'm, you think of it. You think I, of I, I it might and cut and you my hand if I'm reaching nope, around from my magically sword. magically appears in then. your hand.
1: Uh, perfectly fine. Let's move on. What about yeah. arrows? <laughs> same thing.
3: <laughs> They're pointy.
1: <laughs> um, and then later on, how to deal with the problem of like, like, oh well, if I have this amazing magic bag, can I put like an infinite number of magic bags inside of magic bags? And I just imagine him put, like putting his head in his hand, you, <laughs> you rip a and Asian going man. like, yeah, you know, everyone dies, causes a everyone dies, <laughs> it's it <gets> over. <laughs>
2: uh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I've created a bag inside of a bag. <laughs> <pack>. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, thanks for DMing Adam, and thanks for coming over, Adam, to play. This is thanks always for a good time. Us. Uh, I got a lot of emails from people saying that they love it. Uh, I'm sure the people who hated it just didn't listen. <laughs> they probably well, didn't send you. gave a warning so. at the beginning. you <laughs> yeah. don't want to
3: listen to yeah. D&D, stop listening.
0: But, you know, when you love D&D, you just... And you have fun people that you can listen to playing with such a great story. I thought today, yeah. honestly, Adam, today's story was so good. Like, the, yeah. was I don't know if, like, it was oh, just yeah. made for me or something, because <laughs> I was pretty dominant. <laughs> but I just have to say, like, the the characters, it's totally my style of just, like, improv of people and, you know, and intrigue, and but not super complicated, you know. Yeah. And options, you know, like, I, well, tell me, like, What did you think we were going to do with Nicholas?
1: Um, I thought you were going to turn Nicholas in. Uh, really, honestly, I thought you were going to turn Nicholas in. And, uh, now you I, have to have change to, the story. I have to change some <laughs> of the story now because of that. Um, uh, but you guys, uh, I, th- I think that was like a super interesting uh, decision to make. And so I, I wanted to like, yeah, okay, so if if Nicholas is going to be a part of this, then I'm going to have to get better at my Boston accent. Um, <laughs> yeah. and- I wanted him
3: to order a beer. I really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was, like, I was waiting. When you said I want to get drinks, I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to get to hear him say beer. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, um, park the car.
2: Yeah. <laughs> car I want a beer. I yeah. can't do beer over he, he, here. He can, yeah. he can park the car right outside a <laughs>
0: beer. Um, I just want to hear Birdo's Boston accent again.
2: <laughs> I'm from Baston. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's,
0: that's amazing. Um, well, uh, yeah. So, again, org. Go there and uh, sign up for the email list to get the critical core. Depending on when this comes out, it might actually already be out. The Kickstarter, anyway. And please take care of yourself. All three of you, tell us and the listeners why people should take care of themselves. Adam, what do you think?
1: Um, Because you are a very important part of your life.
0: Ah, What about you,
3: Adam? Because people want you around. And what about you, bro? Because
2: by the watcher's eye, you (laughs) deserve it.